I've never met <laughs> someone named Aspen. Thank you, thank you. Wait, is that from a family name? Is that from anything in particular? The no, city? I actually um came up with it. Really? Oh, so it's a stage name. Yeah, it's my stage name. You want to say your birth name? <laughs> it's actually Demetrius, so. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. And why Aspen? Um, I just actually, like, was going down a list of names that I thought sounded cool, and I was like, this one, this is the one. Mm-hmm. It matched, like, the vibe of the music and everything that I was going for, so. And how long you have you been making music? Um, I've been making music for about 10 years. Okay. Yeah, okay, so what, what age are you right now? Huh. I'm um, 27 right now. Oh, okay. Since, like, late high school. Yeah, late high uh, school. That's when a lot of people start. That's yep. when I started high school. Okay. Yeah, those are the years where you kind of suck. And, yeah. But you need to. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, I mean, I still feel like I suck, but it's not as bad anymore. I, I, I'm accepting of some of the things I make up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what got you into making music? Did you Were you a musical child? Um, It was actually random. Like, I had some cousins. They, like, did music a little bit, so... They just asked me to, like, be on one of their tracks. So I wrote, like, a, a rap, and it was terrible, to be honest. And <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, though. So, like, I kept doing it and eventually going to studios. So it was a fun to venture out into. Mm. Yeah. And this is in Chicago? Yes. Cool. What what, yes. what parts of Chicago, what neighborhoods? Um, it's actually, like, the suburbs. So, like, oh. Waukegan area oh, okay. is where, like, yeah, okay. I started off. And is that where you're located still? Gurney. Gurney. Oh, you're way up north. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay. I'll be I'll be going up there soon. Lake okay. Forest area. Okay, cool. So that's not far from you, right? No, not at all. About twenty minutes. Cool. And so do you perform a lot in Chicagoland area? Yes, I did. Cool. And have you been producing your own stuff or just mostly doing your own music and having other producers come in? So I have like um some producers that I've been working with as of lately, mm-hmm. like a set group of producers that I work with. Okay. And so they normally make, like, my instrumentals and everything. Yeah. And you just sing, rap? What, what do you do over it? Like, um, it's like a rap, but I also do, like, singing melodies over it as well. Okay. But, like, my main bass is, like, rapping. Okay. Like, yeah. I always wonder that, this might sound ignorant, uh-huh. but I always wonder that fine line between, like, melody and singing uh-huh. to rap and spoken word. Okay. And do you, do you know when it switches? Do you, do you is it fluid? I, I would say it's fluid. It's a very baseline. Like, when I first started, I would say it was more, like, gritty rap. And now, like, I'm, like, very, like, happy, like, type of rap. Like, m- more, like, indie style, I would say now. So, <laughs> What do you mean happy? Like, happy. Because, like, I would say, like, when I first started, like, I was rapping more, like, gritty. So, more, like, street style. Because I was younger. So, that was, like, the influence. As I grew older, like... I didn't have those same influence anymore. So, like, I changed, like, the things that I was talking about in my songs and stuff like that. So, more of a feel-good vibe, more happy vibe. Mm. Yeah. Was this from a place of, like, did you feel more angst and sadness as a teenager in 20s? And then you started to realize, like, get a new perspective on life? I think it was more so what I was hearing on the radio. So, like, trying to mimic that style originally— and then, like, over the years, I discovered myself and found, like, the things that I actually like oh, to okay. speak about. Yeah. Do you—I um, always wonder that about artists that come from a place of—and in a, in a good way, like, mm-hmm. mocking what they hear, like, like replicating it, because mm-hmm. they realize that there might be financial stability there or validity right. in the masses, like, choosing what works. Did you find yourself, like, trapped— 
Yes. In that circle, like you couldn't, tr- you didn't really want to do it, but you saw like, well, if I if I'm gonna do this, I gotta at least like live. Definitely, I would say that was like the main thing was trying to like make it in there. So I felt like I had to go the mainstream route. But then as like time progressed, I realized that I could make my sound more so the mainstream thing if I kept right. pushing. You know. Right. And when what year? Like how old were you when that started to flip? I would say about. 22 23 around oh, then it's young like, enough yeah that, that's not bad yeah yeah i never i never personally yeah. as a musician i play guitar and bass in a mm-hmm. couple bands and i've been playing for 18 years now and i've never found myself at all wanting to like fit into that yeah. that world of doing <laughs> what the mainstream says or what deems like financial stability yeah. and i don't I don't get it. Like, it doesn't click in my head. I always wanted to just do... It It seemed like a place to express myself. I don't want to make right. money off music. That's mm-hmm. probably why it works for me right. to not, like, fall into that trap. Um, whereas I do other things to make, uh, you know, to have financial stability. Mm-hmm. But I don't do it with music. And I kind of like that. I don't yeah. like I when someone's like, uh, hey, you got to dress like this. Or yeah. your song should be a little bit short. I'm like, I, I just want it to be what I want it to be. <laughs> And I find peace in that, but it's a it's like a hobby to me. Music, yeah. I I take it seriously, but it's like a hobby. Um, did it always feel like a career path to you, or did it seem like a hobby, and then it turned into something more? I would say when I first started, strictly for the fun, strictly for the fun of doing it, and I found it fun. I would say maybe like a year or two in, it became more so of like trying to make it, and it kind of became more of like a career thing, where. I would say like those couple of years was like more stressful because you were worrying about numbers and everything that comes with that. And I would say like as of more so recently, I'm doing it because I love to do it. Like mm. you said, like the hobby of it, not really caring about the mainstream success or anything that comes with it, but more so just my love for doing it and expressing myself through it. Right. Yeah. Right. And have you done, how many like records or mixtapes have you put out? So actually a lot a and lot. then the thing about it is is like i went through a couple like name changes i was actually like in a group too like oh, okay. so like we were actually like touring and doing things like that so that was like a entirely different era mm-hmm. yeah touring like nationally yes nice where, where are some places you've been um we did atlanta we did new york we did nice. um we played i don't know if you know the rave in milwaukee oh, we yeah. played there a lot so that's cool yeah Wow. So how old were you when you started touring? Um, That was about like 19. Nine, oh, wow. Yeah. And, th- and this is like a rock band or a hip-hop group? Or? Um, It was like hip-hop R&B. Hip-hop so R&B, there was okay. like two singers and then I was like the rapper of the group. Oh, okay. Yeah. And do you play any instruments or just sing? No, I don't. I tried just to voice. pick up um drums like as a child, could never get it. Yeah. So just singing drew mm-hmm. you to being a performer. Yes. And as a singer, performer... They're two different things. Do you, did, what, what, which one came more naturally, like performing and putting on, mm-hmm. you know, a live performance, being um, like very fluent and very, what's the right word, like very uh, eccentric on stage? Because, uh-huh. like, a, a solo performer, when you have a name, you can't just go up there and like grab the mic and just sing. People want to be entertained. You almost have to be a form of like a, a dancer, mm-hmm. acrobatic. Like, just, you got to be really vibrant, right? right? So, did you have, like, a charismatic personality? Or is that something that comes out when you perform and you kind of keep it in? I would say that I'm, like, very shy. 
And then once I get on that stage, like a whole different personality comes out. Like I'm like a burst of energy on that stage. Mm-hmm. And would it, your friends agree? Yeah, yeah so. they would agree. <laughs> Where does that come from? Why I've heard that. I asked that mm-hmm. question kind of knowing that answer because I've heard that so many times. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I kind of have it, but I notice a lot of people are very meek, mm-hmm. very calm, collected. And they get on stage and they just like a flip of a switch, you know? Yeah, I think it comes from like the vision, the vision of like what I have of myself in my head. And like sometimes I'm like humbled to show it. And then like once I get on that stage, like I'm there, I'm in the game. And so like I express it. And it's kind of weird. It's like a flip. It just comes on. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And now that you've done it so many times, are you able to do it in other parts, other facets of your life that that switch? Has it happened at like a party yes. or another show? Maybe you're seeing some perform. Does it, does it become more, more natural to you? Yeah. I think it's way more natural now. Like just going out, like now it's like a switch. Like I said, like I could go into a room and turn it on and turn it off. Like leave here and be like the most quietest, chill person and then go on stage and I'm like full of energy. Mm. So Okay. And you mentioned before the podcast that not only do you sing and perform, but you do modeling and some other things. What did those are those a byproduct of performing and getting comfortable with people making connections and realizing like, oh, I could I could do something with this. I, I've noticed in the music industry, fashion and modeling are starting to be, to blend and yes. become one with especially fashion. And fashion's kind of a the bridge with music to mm-hmm. modeling, you know? So is modeling a byproduct of playing music? Yes, it is. Like I actually got into modeling from doing, like, photo shoots for, like, my music. Mm -hmm. Like, so I ended up getting, like, a love for that. And I've always been into, like, fashion and different designers and things like that. So I started doing photo shoots, fell in love with it, and then I ended up getting, like, connects to, like, fashion photographers and stuff like that. So I started taking um, photos with them and then sending them off to agencies and going that whole route to get into different agencies and stuff. So, And I actually stopped doing music for about a year and a half to solely be into modeling. Oh, wow. How old were you when you started doing modeling? That was about maybe about 24, 25 that I, like, stopped completely. Stopped modeling or stopped doing music? Stopped doing music, too. Because that's, like, the prime age for modeling. Yeah. It's pretty hard to model past, like, 28. So I've been told by models, um, which is bizarre it might be different for men that's yeah. been female models um no oh, there's the dog <laughs> <laughs> um interesting so but like why modeling like modeling and music mm-hmm. although those worlds kind of bleed because you get a lot of exposure from people looking at you mm-hmm. and doing photography for your bands their promos so you get used to it like i've had a lot of mm-hmm. photos taken of me as well but it's a different art form it's a different yes job it's a different headspace it's even like what it means to society it's very different yes so why modeling i think like um like i was saying like prior like i do art too so i look at like music and modeling as like art forms like ways to express yourself like i like to do like the funky poses and the different unique like clothing styles the stuff that like you typically wouldn't wear on your everyday wear but like when you do those photo shoots, you can put on the oversized sweater that might not look right on your casual day. You yeah. know, I have a lot of I have a lot of model esque clothes yeah. that I probably wear in like what you just yeah. in situations I shouldn't. <laughs> 
I have this sweater, I swear to God, I could probably sell mm-hmm. it for a lot of money now. I found it at the thrift store on the north side mm-hmm. when I was 18. It's an 8XL sweater. Wow. I'm going to say that again, 8Xs. Wow. It's huge. And it now looks like something people would wear that like Kanye West came up with. Yeah. But I got it 14 years ago when it was not cool. <laughs> and I would always wear it and everyone would always make fun of me. <laughs> and I would wear it all the time. I would wear it to college. Oh my God, I'd wear it to parties. Like I would do it on purpose just to like upset people. But anyway, it made me realize like how many pairs of or different combinations of clothes I have that fit certain situations much better than others. But I tend to still wear them out of context of mm-hmm. that situation. Sometimes because it's, I realize that those situations are contrived and, and it's a, con- a construct. Yes. And that's like the more philosophical reason why. But then there's an also a humorous part of me where I just like, I want people to like, get mad or upset <laughs> and i think it's funny that people do yeah. when you wear something out of a certain context of a situation i don't know it's like a dark Dang. humor but what so when you model you wear certain clothes for that and you don't wear them out and about you don't dress like that like for, right now you're just wearing like a light right eggshell pink shirt and hat right yep right. i got like these funky flower pants on yeah. but yeah like yeah. <laughs> it's also hot it's really hard to wear a Certain yeah. fashionable clothes when it's hot. Personally, I keep it very light, but that's why I like the winter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You can just get so much out of it fashion-wise. I agree. Layers on layers. and I mean, there's some beachwear you can rock pretty, mm-hmm. you know, that's cool, but it's just not the same. You can't combine as much. No, not as many layers you can. Right. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to model? Like, what do you like to model? Um, Anything in particular? Any type of clothes in particular? I would say I'm very, like... Anything. anything like I could go any style like I might do like a, a dressy type look but then I could also go into like a punk rock type look it's very like mm-hmm. no layers with with the modeling mm-hmm. but I, I actually like that because like I feel like like I said I could express myself in different ways mm-hmm. like some days I might feel more dressy and want to do like the suit with the glasses look clean cut and then other days i might want to do like ripped jeans and like the boots to go with it or something you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. so mostly fashion yes not anything sexual or anything like no that. <laughs> <laughs> i mean what is that it's a common you know mistake to think mm-hmm. that like modeling is like something more sexual but yeah. it, it isn't really i mean i find myself trapped on the Instagram ads of clothes right. and shorts, and it's just like everyday guys just wearing like a sweater. Yeah, that's it. It's like nothing crazy. Levi or whatever company just like wearing shirts or pants, and it's they're models. Like yeah. it's not a woman on a beach in in underwear or something. Yeah. You know, which is what we think of. A lot of men do at yeah. least. I would say I can't speak for women, but even that, like I know that that one's tricky because they are showing way more of their body, yeah. but. Yeah, it's, it is just an art form. I realize, like, yeah. you're not just taking one photo. Right. You're taking, like, hundreds, and it's hours of posing, and the photographers yes. to find the right one, the right lighting, make sure you didn't blink. The less editing they have to do, the more efficient, yeah. the more money mm-hmm. they could save, the company. Like, there's so many factors. Right. Um, what What is your typical, when you go in, do you have an agent? Do you do it on your own? Yes. So I do um, have an agent, and they normally find clients to work with. So that's normally how it works. So if there's a clothing brand, they might reach out and be like, oh, we have a model for you. And if they like me, then they'll reach back out and be like, okay, cool. 
we could set this up with this photographer and you just go into the photo shoot and they have like these sets of clothes that they might want you to wear for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do, do you like that more than music or which one do you prefer to do? I prefer music. See, music <laughs> is like, it's not my first love. Art is actually my first love, but music is like the thing that I fell in love with the most. Music is like the foundation of art. Yeah. I feel like, all right, when people, one, some people paint or draw mm-hmm. or write or practice something, sometimes they do it to music. Yeah. When they cook, a lot of forms of art are done to music. That's me. But most other forms of art can't be done to anything else. You like you can't paint while you write. Right. <laughs> or write a poem or, or cook while you paint. Oh, you, can't, you try. It's probably hard. <laughs> you can't watch a movie while you're doing other things. Like there's certain time-based sonic media of like yes. music can be this underlining foundation to so many other forms of expression. Even mm-hmm. conversations, you know, at a party, again, cooking, crocheting things, modeling. I mean, how often is there music in the background when you're doing a photo shoot? All the time. See, I didn't even know that, but <laughs> yeah. I was, it was a guess. I was like, there probably is. Um, yeah, that's why I think it's where a lot of artists always still gravitate back yes. to music. Um, because so many artists do music and then other things. It's like where they start yes. and they... Ha- in playing music, you meet a lot of artists. I think they open up other doors to you. You meet so many people. Like playing music, I've met so many different types of artists that maybe they're graphic design and they make the posters for the shows, but they're still the musician yeah. or they got really into recording. Like this is my situation. Mm-hmm. I music got me into recording because I wanted to figure out how you capture it uh-huh. and how how people listen to it on the other side through a speaker. How it comes goes in all messed up and comes out all mixed and sounding great. Yeah. I like that that the art of that, but it still stems from music. Yeah. Do you, in your experience, do you think that like music is kind of the foundation for so many artists? I do agree with you. Right. Like even when I paint, like you said, like I have to turn on music, <laughs> and like I gotta get it like just right, have the right album plan. Mm-hmm. If the music isn't right, like my mind isn't there for it. Yeah. Right. right. Speaking of music, have you listened to the new Kendrick Lamar record? Loved it. It's great, right? Yeah. I'm, I was nervous. <laughs> I shouldn't have been, but I was because whenever a prolific artist takes five years, you're like, oh no, like this is going to be really good or like kind of miss the let mark. Down. You know, yeah. it did not let down. No. It's so good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I've listened to it too many times. I think like, I know it by heart now. I think I've listened yeah. to it like 30 times, like two times a day for the last few weeks. <laughs> and it's so good. I don't know. He's great. Yeah, he is. I like it. I've been asking people when I seem like, do you listen to it? What do you think? <laughs> Most people say they love it. Yeah. Um, any review I've read has been good. Anybody I trust with music has yeah. liked it. But yeah, I was nervous at first. Yeah. It, t- it definitely takes a couple listens because it goes to a lot of places. Yeah, it does. Right? It does. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, are there any modern day musicians now that you kind of relate to or they there are big influences on you? So big influences. Um I would say like my top would be like a childish Gambino if that counts. Oh, like okay. Yeah. yeah I like, he's amazing. Yeah. Did you watch the new season of Atlanta? Definitely did. Well I'm not all the way through. Like yeah. I watched like the first three episodes. Yeah. So I still gotta catch up. Right. But it's like definitely an interesting turn. I feel like it's different than the last season. So they've all bit. been so different. Yeah. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm on I think I'm on episode four. Yeah. And then I don't have Hulu anymore. So I gotta get Hulu <laughs> again. So I can finish it. I like it a lot. I need to finish it. Yeah. He yeah, between comedy, writing, acting, 
and uh, music. I, and he is just yeah. What, what do they call that? Wonderlust or Wonderlist? Wonderkin. Yeah. So Wonderkin. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. word. Someone who's like really prolific at a young age. Um, yeah, he's wild. Any any other musicians? Other musicians. I'm a big fan of like Kid Cudi. I know he's a little, mm-hmm. you know, older. I would say new generation. I'm trying to think of somebody from the new generation. Um, I don't know. Do you know Toby Lou? No. Yeah, he's a really good artist. He's from Chicago. But okay. Very creative. Toby artist. Lou. Toby Lou. Got it. Yeah. And do you spend a lot of time doing? Like when you make music, are you doing it in studios where you live or do you go to the city? So I actually, um, I used to travel out to the city. I did a lot of my um, recording at like Soundscape. Mm-hmm. I also used to record with one of my friends from like back home mm-hmm. that I was actually in the group with. But as of recently, I um, go to a studio in Palatine. Oh, yeah, so, way up north. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Do you, do you like that area? Do you ever want to move to the city to try to grow your music scene? And... I do. I really liked it, the Evanston area. I don't do know. You? Just something about it. I like, yeah. You like all those snobby people. I'm not, <laughs> I just like throwing jabs. It's Northwestern. What yeah. do you want from me? <laughs> you know, you get a university near Lake Michigan. Something's, you know. Yeah. It's going to attract certain people. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> it's a nice area, though. Yeah. Really. Those houses are so amazing. They're beautiful. Like They're unreal. <laughs> I'm just like, imagine trick-or-treating around here. Right. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a kid, my parents would always take us to, like, the nicer neighborhoods. Or neighborhoods where the houses aren't so far from each other and you have to go upstairs. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, how about you? Did you trick-or-treat a lot? Yeah, I did. Did you ever go to the nicer areas? Yeah, we did all the time. It's like everyone does that. (laughs) I I wonder what it's like to live in those areas knowing that you can tell the difference in the types of kids that come from different backgrounds. Yeah. I wonder, like, if they like that or if they find it weird I, you know yeah I, always I feel like some people would like it because they're like oh all the kids are coming here yeah but then i feel like you would have those certain types mm-hmm. of like oh no stay where you're at certain times <laughs> we know exactly what you're yeah. trying to say <laughs> <laughs> the people we don't want to associate yeah, with. yeah w- what are they doing here right don't they have their own neighborhood <laughs> i don't understand stay out tom <laughs> they're here again <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Uh, so you paint as well. Yes. What kind of paintings? Oil base, watercolor. Um, it's mixed media. So uh, okay. I do a lot of like um acrylics, oil base. Sometimes like micro pen. I use like I would do like um might have like a magazine or a newspaper cut up and like paste them onto the painting and then paint over that mm-hmm. to create like its own like unique style. Yeah. So yeah, mixed media. Wow, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Do you ever do anything with a collage with it in it? Yes, nice. all the time. All really? Time. What? So, music, modeling, this mixed media painting, when did you start getting into mixed media work? I would say, like, I always was, like, into, like, drawing as a kid, like, very early on, maybe, like, five or six. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, so, but I would say that it turned into more serious, maybe around like 14, 15, where... Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you've been an artist through and through since you can remember. Yeah. Do you do any poetry? I do. I had a I feeling. Yeah. Anybody who does hip-hop does poetry. Yeah. Right? They're mm-hmm. almost, they almost are one of the same. Yeah. I, I had a really interesting conversation with an elderly man once who's mm-hmm. very... In, Really intelligent guy. He was uh, in education for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, but no experience with hip-hop or rap or R&B yeah. or anything. And he was he was like, is it music or is it just poetry? And I was like, I mean, <laughs> so it's poetry in the sense of 
lyrics and rhyme scheme and even its yes. deliverance, but it's almost like mixed media. It's it's yeah. you're blending two things because once you put melody and rhythm to something, mm-hmm. that's what music is. I agree. Like you can't that's how you create music, melody and rhythm. One one of them or both. And so once you do that, it turns it into music because this usually comes from a place of uh an older like white perspective. Uh-huh. They hear about hip hop and rap and like they're they're thinking of rock and roll right. of the 60s and 70s. And that's their idea of music, uh-huh. even though they don't realize that where that came from was a bunch of black American blues players, uh-huh. the irony of their statements. <laughs> but um, it's just like, well, all they're doing is taking words, putting melody and rhythm behind it, yeah. and they call it, we call it music, we call it a song. But that structure is still coming from a place of words, which is a place of poetry, which is a place of, yes. again... R&B and rhythm and blues and and blues and jazz before that in the 50s and 40s and 30s, which was primarily uh, black America writing these songs. And even those came from older songs that were spoken word. Like, so what do we do? Like, it's almost like (laughs) chicken or the egg, cat chasing its tail. It's like, it's just a different genre, but it's still, because it's like, well, if it's just, is it poetry or music? Well, then what is classical music? There's no words. Yet we still call it music. But we just put classical music because it's older. True. Because there's 80 strings playing at the same time. Yeah. But it's just melody and rhythm. There are no words. In fact, at, in that style, you would just speak with the melody. Yes. Like that's the movements where the conversations and the words and the stories, that's what evoked emotion. Now we combine it with, we, we simplify it in the sense that we break down the patterns. We don't have long form, uh-huh. you know, most hip hop songs are quite short. But the words, the, the heaviness of the words, the storytelling yes. is what picks up all of that information. And I think it might just be time and place. Like some people just aren't around it, not exposed mm-hmm. to it. Like I wasn't exposed to it for a yeah. long time. And then when I got exposed to it, I was like, oh, this is great. I just didn't know. <laughs> like if you grow up in a bubble where you don't listen to. A certain type of music. Yeah, it's yeah. like as long as you're open to it or at least willing to admit it exists and it's important and it has a cultural impact that's right. okay you might not it might not be your cup of tea you know right. like i'm sure there's certain genres you're yeah. not into mm-hmm. let me try to guess <laughs> modern country actually like <laughs> i actually listen to like a couple songs like here and couple. there like couple songs. but not much not much right not much. it's di- modern country is difficult yeah it old country like really old country like country western and and, and old time music bluegrass mm-hmm. it's actually really interesting and comes from a really yeah. cool spot in American history, and such talented musicians. Like, these yeah. people are all classically trained. They've been playing music their whole life. They're like masters of their instrument. Yeah. But because it has, like, a twang to it, people just go, like, oh, that old-time, like, lame <laughs> country music. No, like, these people are really good. No, they are. They're shredding on the fiddle. Mm-hmm. They're playing upright. They're playing fretless instruments, mm-hmm. and these people are just killing it out there. They're, like, really yeah. good musicians. Some of the best musicians I've worked with have been the old-time folk bluegrass people. Yeah. And then some of the best, like, lyricists I've ever worked with have been, like, people who do, like, hip-hop and poetry. Yeah. And I'm like, man, there's good stuff everywhere. Every- I don't know why we deem things not good or bad-based. And honestly, it's it's as simple as based on, like, race and sex. Yeah. That's really what it is. And bias. Bias. I feel like some people, like, for instance, like, I listen to a lot of hip-hop, but it would be false to say, like, oh, it isn't good country music out there. Mm-hmm. You know, like... And I, I do love, like, rock and um, pop as well. Like, mm-hmm. I would say, like, pop I kind of fell off as of recently. I don't have, like, my main, main artist, but probably, like, 
five years ago, that was all I would listen to. Probably more than like hip hop, you mm. know. So, what kind of pop? Like anybody in particular? It was like the mainstream, the stuff. main yeah, top the build main, or uh, yeah. top forty. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, I can't get into the top forty <laughs> stuff. It's too uh, poppy. It's not even that it's too mm-hmm. poppy. It's literally so like it could be so corny sometimes. Yeah. Like just so uneventful, so emotionless. <laughs> So t- so predictable. I can yeah. predict everything. I'm listening. I'm like they're gonna say this next. I didn't go here. They're gonna, do it. They're gonna go down to the third rise. Of, I could yep. predict the chord progressions, the timing, the breakdown, the production effects. Yeah. I'm like maybe I'm a bad person for this because I, I think I just know a lot about those things. Right. And be, when I get annoyed with something, I'll get hyper critical. I'll get into okay. the technical mode where I like literally break it apart <laughs> instead of the type of. Um, care and respect I'll give other genres where I don't do that and I just uh-huh. listen to it as a music lover so it is a problem I have that I should probably yeah. stop being so biased but <laughs> sometimes it's hard it's just so mm-hmm. sterile and generic and shiny sounding and yeah. I'm just like and I also again being a little bit of a rebel I get mm-hmm. mad that that's what everyone deems so popular and then those bands and pop stars hoard to be honest, the money in the music industry. Yeah. It's the same problem with all capitalism and all industries, yeah. but the music one, you got those top 40, top 100 musicians, artists, and they hoard all the money. Yeah. You know, there will, no offense, Kendrick Lamar, but my friends <laughs> had a hard time finding tickets for your concert at the United Center, and they had to pay like $200 wow. to go see you, and it's not even like up close. Yeah. $200 to go I see someone. I just seen the, um, the Donda um, show that was oh, in Chicago. Okay. How much was that? And I want to say like our tickets was like three something. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say right, <laughs> but then you go to like Shubas or Lincoln Hall and you just see like a really awesome artist that no one knows about, and it's like yeah. fifteen bucks, right? And they probably get like six of that, yeah. five bucks of that, and they they can't get by. And it's not that they're not good, mm-hmm. and they haven't put their whole life in it. Maybe they studied at a conservatory. They've been playing guitar since they're five. They're phenomenal, yeah. but. They're just not known, so they're not known, yeah. mm-hmm. and they're just not pushed. They don't. To be honest, they might not have the right look. Yeah. They might not. I know, this is going to sound dark, but they might not be attractive enough. Yeah. Because what what is ninety nine percent of every person in the top have in common? Definitely, they're hot. Yeah, man or woman, doesn't okay. matter. They're always good looking. Yeah, <laughs> that's Definitely. just like what society mm-hmm. does. It's the same with celebrities. Yep. It's the same with athletes. Yep. I mean, who are you going to put on the mound? Like, and in baseball game, like the good looking <laughs> pitcher or the bad looking pitcher? And what if they have the same stats, but one's better looking? You're probably gonna put, like, yeah, basketball, like every sport, like these things, it's weird. Ticket sales, ticket sales, <laughs> politicians. God, it, yeah, <laughs> it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. It's frustrating because if you don't have a certain height, a certain body structure, a certain look, but you have the skill that right. you've been honing in on, you might get overlooked on the simple thing is how you look. There's exceptions. There's yeah. a few people, but that's kind of how it works. Yeah, and I don't like it. I agree. I agree. <laughs> we should all li- like go into it blind. I mean, it's kind of the problem with social media. Yeah. It before you can just like hear something, you might not even be able to look at what someone looks like. You know, go back in time like 50 years. Huh. You put on a vinyl, you don't know what they actually look like. Maybe there's yeah. an album cover of them, and they're posing, but like that's it. Yeah. Now you can scroll through their life on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Find out everything, everything. <laughs> look into who they are, find out about their family and. I don't know, like, it's, I don't know, it's dark. Yeah. It makes me sad sometimes, social yeah. media, how, like, mm-hmm. like, does it get you stressed out? Does it make it you does. overthink stuff? It does. Right? <laughs> like, always worried about, like, I had to take a big step back, like, 
too worried about like the likes and things like that. But now I, I just post like don't even really focus on it. But there was a time period where like likes was everything. Like yeah. I know. And now you just post and don't worry about it. Yeah. I know. That's mm-hmm. that's where I'm at too. It's stressful. It's weird when you see like the correlation of certain times of the day that you yeah. post, certain w- things you post, how you look. Yeah. You see more likes, less likes, and you're like, I don't it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's do you um do you ever find yourself feeling like self conscious about how you look because of how much people can see you on Instagram? Yes. Yes, definitely. Tell me more about that. <laughs> I feel like sometimes, like, let's say, like, a quick trip to, like, Walmart or something. I'd be like, ah, I don't know if I want to go out because I feel like I don't look my best if I run into somebody from, like, social media, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I guess, yeah. It, and it's really weird for, like, I've noticed for younger kids. Yeah. Boys and girls, but really girls. Yeah. Like, I, I, I teach at a university, and the mm-hmm. the kids there, you know, they're between 18. They're not kids anymore. The young adults there are between, yeah. like, 18 and 24, give or take. Yeah. And I could see now, like, these effects on, on a lot of the kids, like, what it's doing to them and what it must be like in high school. Yeah. These filters, and it's really misleading, distorting yeah. their reality. It's freaky. I don't know what to do because you can't, now that it's there, you can't take it away. Mm-hmm. Because that will probably mess them up. And it's like, what do you do about, like, what age do you give a kid a phone? You want them to still fit into society and pop culture because that has its own bad effects when you make someone a recluse and kind of hide them away. Right. I don't agree with that. It's my problem I have with home being homeschooled. Yeah. Because you kind of pull them out of society as it moves forward. They stay stagnant. It's Mm -hmm. not healthy for their, for a kid's social development. Right. But what do we do? Like, it's social media. It's here to stay. Yeah. And only it's only getting better as far as the quality. Yeah. More immersive, uh, more efficient, faster. Yes. And I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> I'm glad. I didn't get an Instagram or get on it until I was 24. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really start using it until I was, like, 27, 28, like, mm-hmm. more often. So I'm glad. Like, like around your age is when I started really using it. Okay. Excuse me. I'm 32, so... I don't, it hasn't, it hasn't affected me, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I definitely think about it and like, I try to think about it in a business way, like how do I plan out to optimize what I'm doing? Right. But I'm like, I'd be lying if I, if I didn't like think about it and like worry, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm a 32 year old guy and I'm aware of these things. Yeah. Like I could self analyze and admit to it. Imagine being like a 15 year old who doesn't know how to do that. Yeah. They don't have that experience, you know? <laughs> Maybe they haven't smoked weed or done mushrooms yet yeah, to, yeah. to be able to, to understand or just lived life long enough to understand right. the dynamics of how to look at things, the optics. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah. Like, do you I, have anybody young in your life that is dealing with that? Um, Nobody that's dealing with that exactly. I do have nephews and a niece, so I'd be like worried about them getting into social media. Like my oldest nephew is 10, so I'm like he's right on that brink and he wants a TikTok bat. My brother actually does TikTok. He's like a TikTok celebrity. Really? And so, like, my nephew's... What's his name? Um, Art by DeMarcus Sean. Art yeah. by DeMarcus Sean, okay. He does, like, skits and stuff like that. But um, my nephew, like, he looks up to him and wants to do those, like, TikTok. And, like, we're, like, even, like, my brother's like, no, I want to keep him off of it a little bit before he gets on because, mm-hmm. like, it's so judgmental. It's bad. Yeah. How old is your brother? My brother, he's actually 25. Okay. Yeah. And that's his kid? 
No, he's not his his nephew. It's his nephew. It's my older brother's kid. Okay, got it. Yeah, I don't know because we can't be like do as I say, not as I do. Right. (laughs) But I mean, I don't know what to do about it because it's getting younger and younger. I feel like the ten-year-olds, eight, nine-year-olds. I've seen really little kids with smartphones, and it's concerning. Yeah. It's also misleading for like followers because people can pay for followers. Mm-hmm. You can just definitely you can just like go viral and be really young and get a bunch of followers and it could mislead like what you actually mean to society. Yes. Like your actual social weight, your social value. Mm-hmm. And that's like the weird misleading thing about like YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Like for how many people that I've personally been involved with or have mm-hmm. worked with, collaborated with who have been here my because I was so bad at social media, I kind of resisted it. Mm-hmm. My numbers and portrayal on the internet is very low compared to like how many people I actually interact with uh-huh. and know. It's like almost flipped. Like in reality, I which I kind of like. Yeah. Like in, in reality, I actually know way more people than I think. That's that, a good thing, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's like, but it's a weird problem to have because it's the opposite of what most people actually have. Yeah, most people have the opposite. They actually have way more friends and connections on Instagram right. and Twitter and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And no way less people in reality. Yes. And I have the flipped version of that mm-hmm. because this whole thing I've been doing here has grown organically through talking and physically being around and working with people. Yeah. And the social media is just like a small insight to it because right. I was so cryptic. I had to keep it so quiet and silent for so long because I was hiding it from my yeah. family and the neighbor. Like, how do you have an underground like, DIY music festival and scene here without getting <laughs> caught up with like the legalities? like having a secret show you know you yeah. can't promote it so you don't promote it so therefore it's literally just word of mouth word of yeah. mouth word of mouth mm-hmm. but now after doing it for so long and it's okay to promote it's like social media is catching up with the popularity of it in reality yeah it's really bizarre yeah and so many people don't have that <laughs> and i don't know this might be a, a controversial statement but yeah. i've noticed a trend of women who show a lot of skin <laughs> Having a lot of followers, but not a lot of content. And they're not really yeah. doing a lot, but they're show, which is fine. Yeah. But like I see, and if you really want to dig, click on their followers and you see it's mostly guys. Yes. So what yes. does that mean? What is that truly authentic? What's going on there? Uh, <laughs> <see>. <laughs> I do understand. You want to chime in at all? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I'm not crazy. <laughs> and I only say that because I've talked to so many women yes. about this. So this doesn't come from a place of a male like bias it's like i'm curious because i notice it Mm -hmm. and i ask women who are popular on social media they're like yeah i'm like what do we do with this (laughs) like what do you think (laughs) i'd say like kudos to those women (laughs) but like i definitely know what you're talking about yeah i don't know what to do about that sometimes as a man i'll be like oh they got it easy but then i know that they're still like strategizing and doing their way of doing it you know like yeah same way, like we think of content, they think of it as just like something different. Like right. they know that they, like I think that men are quicker to, like show love to women quicker. I think I think sometimes women don't want to give off that wrong perception by showing a guy love. If you understand, yeah, what yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's tricky because I've heard the statement argument, if you will, from women in that position mm-hmm. that. It's been as blunt as like, well, forever men have been terrible to us, so like, screw it. Yeah. If I get to use how I look for more popularity and, you know, financial 
um, like winnings or, or earnings, like mm-hmm. then I'm going to do that. And I actually, I get that. Like I'll never know what it's like to to be in that position where you can actually say that. And it's it's true, <laughs> uh, and that's fine. I just don't know what happens if we keep at this, and like the reality gets yeah. distorted, and. Men, some people on the internet are weird, like yeah. men and women, but really men. So if you're yeah. gonna show skin and use it for likes and follows, like of you're gonna, there's gonna be some byproducts. Gotta some, be some creepy guys. Yeah, gonna reach out to you and trying to find your address through Google and this, this, <laughs> and that. And yeah, I don't know. And I've seen. It's weird. I've seen women who of our are of the same realm, maybe the same mm-hmm. age or or status in some way like say like you go girl but then mm-hmm. i've seen a lot of women actually hate it because like you're literally giving like you're yeah. digging it further the whole <laughs> of sexualizing women uh, in society yeah. so i don't know sometimes i want to have a conversation <laughs> like this with a woman it's so funny because <laughs> i have friends that's on like both sides of the spectrum yeah. some girls that like hate it and then i have some that's like I do this like there's nothing wrong with it. I know. Yeah. Me, t- me. This is coming from a place of the same, yeah. same experience. I, I know people that do it, and they're like, "It's my life, my body. I'm, I'm just expressing myself. Yeah. It's how I get by." You know, men have been exploiting us forever, and yeah. I'm, I'm, at least I can like exploit it and yeah. still get something out of it instead of just being used. And I get that, and I respect that. Yeah. I'm just fearful of the other perspective that other women have too. Right. Like, well, now you're giving people the wrong idea of like an achievable body yeah which is one thing the next thing is kind of creating like reinforcing the, the male gaze yeah. sexually and when you're doing that in your 20s you have a lot of younger men looking up and like they think like oh that's mm-hmm. that's what women are supposed to be like and look like and it's yeah. like some yeah but like <laughs> not at all they have like supermodel bodies like it's you, you live your life surrounding men too you mm-hmm. when you look like that you live your life surrounding about diet and exercise and yeah. nothing else. Yes. It's like a full-time job. <laughs> like I, I try to eat really healthy and I work out a lot. Yeah. I still can't get to that body. You have to get obsessed. Yeah. You have to work out four or five hours a day. Yeah. You can't cheat at all. Like yeah. on food, you can't drink, you can't do anything. <laughs> to have like that 8% impeccable body with, yeah. you know, a six pack and <laughs> just like muscle definition everywhere. It's not, it's for like super athletes, fighters and models yeah like like instagram models and that's what they do like for their job yeah you know it it makes sense if that's all you're paid to do that's why athletes look the way they do it's they're paid to look like that yeah i don't know i don't know how we got (laughs) this conversation (laughs) it's a real it it's an issue yeah it's i don't know what's gonna happen with it but it's concerning and i see it i'm like I just got a TikTok in the last couple months just uh-huh. to have it. I don't post on it a lot. Uh-huh. Probably should. It's another f- great way to yeah. get yourself out there. But the once in a while I, s- I find myself looking through it, I'm like, oh, my God. It's like I get it now. <laughs> I get what people call like the Instagram models, the TikTok stars. It's always some 21-year-old girl yep. wearing yoga pants, <laughs> like trying to get like the biggest butt ever created by humans yep. and the flattest stomach, like these – obsessed weird body shapes that that's the problem going back full circle to like the image for younger girls like it's not gonna end well if we keep doing that i agree and that's why they use like the filters and stuff Mm -hmm. like you were saying like to achieve that look Mm -hmm. yeah and the filter thing that's that's a whole nother complicated one because you'd use the filter to try to look like somebody else but in return now you're using a filter to not 
just try to figure out a way to work on yourself. You're yeah. like, mm-hmm. instead of going like, okay, I'll, I'll eat healthier to get cleaner skin and I'll exercise more to get like cleaner skin. Instead, you just put a filter on it and you keep the way you look instead of right. trying to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. So it kind of can be a little dangerous too as yeah. far as your own health. I don't know. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. And, and as guys, like we can only talk about it, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. I don't see a lot of this with men. And even the way women talk about men, they're like, yeah, they prefer a guy who's like fit, but it's just not as strict. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> right? I agree. It's not as harsh. Because I sometimes I think men are a little bit more judgmental on women oh, yeah. than women are with men. Oh, yeah. So I see like, I feel like women would give a guy a chance quicker if they don't have that body. And I think some men are like, no, I got to have the curvy girl with the yoga pants and a certain type of shape. Mm-hmm. And so I think that pushes those girls to like try to, you know, mm-hmm. achieve that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think people should be healthy, but I don't like the way that it's being portrayed. I agree. On the internet at all. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And I, yeah, again, going back to the, People getting an obscene amount of popularity and yeah. followers just by showing skin. Like, it's so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it, where it gets really weird. I'm not sure if you guys have this experience. Mm-hmm. But if you're ever on a dating app, mm-hmm. which I have been, people, a lot of, I'll air quotes, attractive women mm-hmm. will only use it to get Instagram followers. Wow. They they just, they, they have their name. Mm-hmm. They get their blue check mark to make sure they're real on this dating app. Say we'll call it Tinder. Yeah. And then it just says like, I don't respond here often, but like check out my Instagram. <laughs> and then that you could just you go to their Instagram. I've done. I look at their Instagram, fifteen thousand followers, wow. barely following anybody, and it's just, they're just p- showing po- like pictures of them in their bathing suits and stuff. Like uh-huh. that's it. It's like, oh, you're not actually. You probably have a boyfriend. You're not even <laughs> actually on Tinder or Hinge or Bumble or whatever. You're just getting Instagram followers. Wow. You're using it to promote something you're doing. Modeling, mm-hmm. might be art, might be acting, or might be just your swimsuit yeah. poses. And it's so obvious. And I'm like so grossed out <laughs> by it. And I'm so frustrated by it. Yeah. Do you know anything about this? Have you heard about this? No, huh? this is my first time hearing about it. <laughs> it's very real. Yeah. I've experienced, and I've confirmed with other guys. Uh, I don't know if men do it, but a lot of women do that. Yeah. A lot of younger women, like, I've I've done the experiment of like uh-huh. opening up the age that I could see, <laughs> and then between like eighteen and thirty eight, and I'll always see like eighteen to like twenty four year old girls would like do, do this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I see. I yeah. started kind of using dating apps as like a social experience. <laughs> Sometimes, not always, but like just to be like, what is going on out here? Right, and it's weird. <laughs> People really will just use it to promote like their art. Like they're not yeah. actually serious. And it's like another place to get more. And if you're kind of good looking, you'll get a bunch of guys. To go and follow on there, and they'll they'll think like, oh, yeah. She said to message her, which a message comes with. I started following you, and then you just don't respond to the messages. But you get right. all these followers. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so dirty, <laughs> it's so tricky. Right. It's like they're playing the system. Yeah. I know, and like the end all be all argument always can go to, well, like men have been doing this to us, so like screw it. And you're like, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I can't argue with that. Yeah. But I still don't think it's like the right way to go about to yeah. have equality. I agree. Of like humans, I don't know. <laughs> it goes back to that two wrongs don't make a right type exactly. thing. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. An eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Oh, I agree. man. 
Well, tell me something else that's going on in life. It's like, we can get off the social media topic. It's a bit, <laughs> yeah. it's a bit, it's a bit sad and dark. Yeah. A little bit out of our, out of our conversation now. That we, I feel like it's a good thing to have with like a man and woman. Yeah. To really talk about it. Two guys. We can only go so far before right. we're like, I don't know. Got to come back with like another girl to have like the perspective there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and different people. Yeah. Dif- different people from different backgrounds. Even like financial backgrounds is yeah. huge for these types of conversations because mm-hmm. In educational backgrounds, right. it's not even easy to get to a point with just one or two people. You need yeah. like a group, and that's why I believe podcasts have been so helpful for I this agree. next generation. People sitting there and like talking about stuff—that's right. actually mm-hmm. happening. These are really, these are really happening. Like you yeah. couldn't have this conversation on Stephen Colbert or John Stewart yeah. or The View or you know some news five-minute segment. Like they don't talk about this. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important. Yeah, I agree. I don't I know. Agree. I don't know how, how I'm supposed to reach young girls. Like, hey, be careful. Like, don't. Look <laughs> They're not going to listen to me. Like, who is this old dude with a yeah. beard? He doesn't know what he's talking about. I feel like they'd do it to anybody. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, would I have listened to somebody when I was 18? No. Probably not. I don't yeah. blame them. I just wish mm-hmm. they would. But I'm scared for the future generation. Yeah. But hasn't everybody always been yeah. Scared for the future generation. <laughs> I definitely feel like that. Right? Yeah. Like, have your parents always said, like, oh, you kids. You... They think we're the worst. Right. And then I look at, like, the kids coming up, and I'm like, wow, they're not like us. <laughs> but, you know, They're not. I think, well, with the technology boom of the last 200 years, mm-hmm. each generation has been strangely farther advanced than the next. Yeah. But I'm sure, you know, you go back in time a thousand years, it wasn't, like, things weren't changing. Yeah. It wasn't until big tech changes. Like when we were kids growing up, uh-huh. we didn't have smartphones. Right. Now we do. We also could not have produced a podcast by ourselves with a laptop and a 4K yeah. camera, <laughs> but the technology got there. So now I can do it. Yeah. So if, it's changed in good ways, but it's yeah. changed in some bad ways too. And like one of the best ways it changes for artists mm-hmm. to promote themselves. Yeah. Like we can, we can bring it back to that. Yeah. Like what you do between. You know, your mixed media and modeling and music, you could not have done in the same way, maybe not even balanced all yeah. of them 30 years ago because you probably would have had to pick one to focus on to at least get that out there and do all of that. But now that you can kind of throw it up there and people could see everything, it's, it makes it easy to be like, yeah, I have it time does. for this because I can get this out of it. I can maybe, do you use your mixed media to like promote other things? Do you make I art? I do. Yeah? Yeah. Like posters and stuff for your... I actually been doing like a, a format of like trying to include like everything into one there was a time period like you said like where i wouldn't even post like art stuff it'd be like strictly music mm-hmm. but then i realized now that like social media allows you to do that now like so there's people out there that like art there's people that like modeling stuff and music content so and there's people that like all of it so i use it like i might do like I might paint and have like my song underneath the painting and that draws attention to both formats, mm-hmm. the art side and the music side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Which which one if you had to pick would you stick with? Music. 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 Yeah, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um do you prefer to like do it alone? Do you mm-hmm. when you write, you just do it alone, you go into a studio and someone brings you Music and beats, or do you? Would you rather be with a band and have a full backing band? See, I'm a. When it comes to writing, I'm very, very shy, so I have to be like in my own zone in a closed space. But like, as far as like building instrumentals, 
I would say like being in there with a band and hearing them like zone out and create the different elements of the beat and then seeing what I could add on top of that beat. I like to have like the instrument first mm. and then add my lyrics to it. Got it. Yeah. And where do, where do some of your lyrical styles and lyrical themes come from for you personally? I would say time of building. Like over time, like I had different artists that I liked it. And then I think like over time, like I'd be like, okay, I like the way that this artist is very lyrical. And I like the way that this artist is very artistic with their showing it. And I kind of take like bits and pieces of each of those artists and combine it mm -hmm. to make like my own style. Mm. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned you start out with a little bit more grit, yeah. angst maybe, and now it's more happy. Yeah. Where do you write from a place when you're happy? Writing from a place yeah. of happiness can be quite difficult. Yeah. <laughs> sadness is just such a great fuel for art. Yeah. So... You know what's crazy? It's actually the opposite for me. Like, really? I used to, like, when I would, like, write while I was sad, like, it would come. And then I would, like, ball up the paper and throw it to the side. Like, no, Classic. I'm not good enough. Yeah. But then, like, when I'm happy, like, I'm in a feel-good mood and I write. And I'm like, this is the one. This mm -hmm. is the one. Each time. Like, so I don't know, like, happiness, like, fuels, like, my writing process. Oh, yeah. Mainly just a state of mind then. Yeah. Because it is a common thing that, like, sad people make great music. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> and when I, I've had such a hard time writing my own music mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, mostly because of just being really busy, but yeah. also being in a better headspace. I'm not as sad <laughs> as I used to be when I was younger. And I used to write so much when I was sad. Yeah. Really heavy stuff. And I almost thought I needed that to do it yeah and now i realize it is just a perspective like a headspace yeah. like you can still write beautiful and sad things while you're still happy yes. and i sometimes when i write that i have to write it from someone else's perspective yeah like when i, I write a lot of poetry when i will write something that's a little bit heavier i might be writing from someone i know that's dear to me like what they're going through yeah. or sometimes when i'm going through but not through the lens of depression or sadness but right. more like it's just experiencing life and sometimes it's sad. Yeah. Sometimes things don't things don't go your way. But yeah, I think it's a healthier state of mind yeah. to be able to write in any way that you're feeling, but not necessarily have to always be like, I need to be sad and drunk and down yeah. and just lonely to write anything good. Yeah. Cause then you almost like manifest that, manifest yeah. destiny. You almost like make it happen. You always find yourself being that spiraling artist that can't, mm -hmm. you know, find foundation, find ground. Yeah. And you tell yourself, like, I can't be a good artist unless I'm struggling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, struggle makes good artists. It definitely thickens the it skin. It makes you resilient. Mm -hmm. But after struggling for as long as I have been at being at 32 now, I'm like, mm, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm tired of <laughs> that kind of struggle, you know? Yeah. Do you find yourself still in, in the struggle yeah. of being an artist? I think so. I think um, <laughs> I would say I have found, like, that balance of, like, being like, okay, I'm in a happy state now, but I could channel that inner, like, if I wanted to make an emotional song, I could channel of, like, when I were when I was going through the struggle to make that, like, sad song if I needed to, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I could be, like, in a very ha happy state and still create that sad music if I wanted to. Mm. Yeah. Are there anybody in your family that's musical? Um... Yes, like actually, like my little brother, he actually sings too. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people doesn't know it, but he could sing as well. Yeah. What about parents? 
No. No, not no. at all. I have a um a cousin that's actually like it's my dad's cousin. Mm. But I'm not very close with him, but he's actually like in LA working with like labels and everything like that. So Maybe yeah. you should get close with him. Yeah, we actually had a couple conversations online. Uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. But parents just not into that world? Nah. No. Are they, are they also from Gurney area? Yeah, they are. So you just born and raised over there? Well, my dad is actually from Flint, Michigan. My mom's from the Gurney area. So. Flint, Michigan. Now that name yeah. sticks out <laughs> yeah. nationally. Yeah. Man, that, that do they still have issues there? Um, Not that I know of. I know the last time, I, I went there like two years ago. When I went there two years ago, they were say, still saying, don't drink the water. Now, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's pretty much they corrected. It. Yeah. I mean, they almost have to. It yeah. was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did he grow up with water issues then? No. He, like, he never mentioned it until, like... <laughs> it became a thing. Yeah, I think it was just, like, normal for them. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> man, that's wild. Yeah. And why Gurney? What brought your family to Gurney? Um, My mom always lived here like i think her parents moved from like alabama to up here mm -hmm. and so she's been here like her whole life my dad was in the military so he got stationed at great lakes oh, and that's how okay. he met my mom yeah a lot of six flags trips yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. Did you have like season passes? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I used to love going there. Remember that roller coaster, the shockwave? Yeah, I do. <laughs> that roller coaster was terrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It just shook your head so much. <laughs> all those old ones from like the 80s and 90s. Yep. The Iron Wolf. Oh, the wave. Iron Wolf was the worst. Yeah. Like the headache afterwards. The stand, standing up just. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Old. New roller coasters are so nice. They're yeah. smooth. It's like riding in a luxury car. I agree. You're just gliding on ice. You're like, wow, yeah. these are great. I went to Cedar Point six years ago. Mm -hmm. You ever go there? I wanted to go. I never went, though. You should go. Yeah. It's definitely, I've been to a bunch of amusement parks. I've been to some in Dallas, California, Florida, mm -hmm. and Indiana, and then Chicago or Gurney. But this one, it's not a Six Flags a branch, Cedar Point, and it is it's, I think it's the best one in the country. It okay. might be one of the best ones in the world. There's the most roller coasters, the tallest, fastest, but yeah. there was a new roller coaster there. I forget the name of it. And it had like, it was one that sat eight people in a row, which uh -huh. is kind of rare, I think. Yeah. And it was so comfortable. I felt so safe in it. <laughs> it felt like I was sitting in a nice, like, Mercedes Benz and just yeah. the, the chain going up was like silent. The drops were smooth. Wow. Everything about it felt, I felt so, I felt like I was just gliding in the air, like, like flying. Safe. Yeah. And then I went on an older roller coaster that was wooden, and it was miserable. I almost threw up when I got off just from shaking. <laughs> the shaking made me, like, nauseous. Yeah. My head hurt. My body was, like, vibrating. I was like, oh, my God, these are still commissioned? Like, they need to get rid of these Yeah, things. they definitely do. They, they have to be dangerous. They're put together with wood. Yeah. <laughs> so do you like roller coasters? I do. I do. Yeah. I like anything that's not spinning. I'll throw up if I spin. Okay. I get bad with spinning. And I found out the hard way when I would go on, like, the – Tilt the world or the teacups or like yeah. the swings, you know, at Six Flags. Yeah. And then I'd throw up and like, I can't do it. <laughs> it almost like when I see movies or shows, when they do those things, I'm almost like, I can't look at it. It makes yeah. me sick thinking about it. How about you? Can you handle that stuff? I, I can. I think where I draw the line is like really big drops. Like mm. I just did the Raging Bull like maybe like two years ago for the first time. Really? And like out of all the times I went there, I would avoid that ride. I it's don't been care. there for like 20 years. Yeah. No matter how many times <laughs> I got pressured, I'm like, nope. It's not that bad. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. When I finally did it, it wasn't that bad. But I did it like at Fright Fest. I had a big coat on, mm. so like my hood was over my head. So I felt like I was in the zone and didn't pay attention to the mm -hmm. drop. But 
Yeah. Fry Fest, I used to love that growing yeah. up. It's, mm-hmm. It used to be so scary. Have you gone to that recently? Yeah, I have. still scary? Still, still. Man, it was so much fun as a kid. I mean, as an adult, it's probably not as scary, yeah. but as a child, when you... My dad always played into it. He was yep. really into that stuff, Halloween. So he would always, like, we'd be walking, and he would always, like, push me, like, into, like, the creepy, like, the creepy <laughs> characters. Or he'd, like, tell them, like, you know, like, come over here and, like, bother yeah. him, like... I'll leave him alone and pretend like I disappeared and you like mess with them. Yeah, he'd play these mean, kind of funny pranks on us as kids. Um, Once in a while, one of the people in costumes would get on a ride, right? And and my dad would like be like, sit here and like would go to a different road and make me sit next to this like creature looking at me. (laughs) And I'd be like crying and he'd just be laughing in the back. Like, I'm like, I wonder if that's child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding. It's not. It's just right. really funny. I don't have yeah. trauma from it, but mm-hmm. in hindsight, I'm like, man, that's a hysterical thing to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Making your kid cry for two minutes on a roller coaster while a zombie's <laughs> sitting next. <laughs> do you ever experience that on a roller coaster? I'm like, not on a roller coaster, but I'm that guy that would like see the monster and tell them to come pick with somebody that's scared of them. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's me. Yeah. It's got to be so much more fun when you bring kids, like little kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, like, I don't really get scared as an adult from things that aren't yeah. real, like people in costumes. Yeah. But as bringing a kid would be really fun. Yeah, it would. Right. Um, so you, you said you've toured the country. Yeah. What, what are some of, like, the bigger or more memorable shows you've performed? Um, New York. I did, like, a... Um, it was a showcase, but it was for um, Warner Bros. Mm-hmm. And, like, we won the showcase. So that was, like, a very fun thing that I did. Yeah, We're at New York. It was, I I personally don't even know the venue. Was it, it like, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens? I think it was Queens, Queens. if I'm right. If I'm right. We still have pictures and everything. Like, they gave us, like, a little medal and stuff from it. It was pretty cool, yeah. Big crowd? It was an okay crowd. So we were the only there was one other person from St. Louis. Outside of that, we were the only group from the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was, like, from out there. Mm. So, like, we was, like, very nervous to come there, but mm-hmm. we actually ended up winning the show. Oh, So cool. it was pretty cool, yeah. And what, anything become of winning that? So what happened was I was, like, a part of the group, and then that group had, like, a— we were a part of, like, an indie record label that was, like, made up, like— Pretty much my friend dad ran the indie label. So he had asked for like our group's tape. And so we gave him the tape and everything. But it also had like other music on it from like the other people in the record label. So I don't know if he was like a big fan of like all of it together. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like much after that. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And when did you stop touring? Like, you toured with this group. What was the name of the group? Um, It was named BDS. BDS. And it stood for, like, Black Diamond Shoddy. Black yeah, Diamond yeah. Shoddy. <laughs> okay, and then how long did that last for, that touring? Um, we were. It was, like, maybe about, like, I would say, like, five or six months. Oh, okay. Yeah, five why, or why, six why months. Why did it stop? Um, I think we just, like, slowed down. Like, we, we had got to a point where, like, we was performing in front of, like, very big crowds, like maybe like a thousand people in the crowd, yeah. and then like over time, like I would say the show slowed down a little bit because we would do like we went from performing at like the rave at like Eagles Ballroom, mm-hmm. and then we would do like sometimes we would do like schools, and sometimes those school shows wasn't like the same vibe as those mm-hmm. big shows, and I think that like killed the buzz the and momentum. We were like, yeah, and you're like we're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And what do you, where have you been performing lately? Um, lately, I actually took a break for a while. So I revamped and I've been working on like my EP and things. So now I'm like getting back out there and booking shows and stuff again. So I have like several shows booked in like September. That I where can't. at? Um, what's the name of the place? Um, you mind if I pull out my phone? Oh, next? go ahead. Cool. Go ahead. Looking up some dates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the show is gotta look back in here. So the show would be. Looking through messages. <laughs> Aspen's looking for a show right now. Yeah. All right. Let me see. Let me see. Mm-hmm. What well, their tattoo stands for? Two thousand nineteen. That number. Yeah. Anything in particular? Um, it's my anniversary date. Ah, actually, yeah. okay. Yeah. Luckily, I know my Roman numerals. <laughs> <laughs> And now, I f- okay, so it is called. This is so weird. You don't like, have it in I your calendar. See, I see it here, mm-hmm. like the message where, like, my guy actually got me the show. Yeah. So I see the message where he's talking about it, but I don't see the message with the actual place hmm. in here. You don't have the date. I know it's sept. I want to say September tenth. Is the date. Mm-hmm. Let me see. To, okay, perfect. Yes, September 10th is the date cool. of the actual show. You don't so, know where, though? It is at the... I don't know the location. <laughs> I don't... We can't fully promote. We don't have a location. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. And then by the end of the show, I'll probably end up thinking about it. Yeah. It's like, that's the show. Have yeah. you played in, in Chicago downtown a lot? Yes. Yeah. What are some of your favorite spots in the city? Um, I don't know the actual like locations. Like we or did venues? like a lot. Yeah, the venues. I don't actually know like the name of them. Mm-hmm. I would just like they would get set and then we show up and perform. Right. And that's it. Right. Like my most memorable was the rave that I liked it right. around here. Yeah. Right. Very cool. Yeah. And so, painting, poetry, modeling, yes, and music. Anything else? Those are the main things. I did do basketball growing up. Yeah. Oh, I was into sports growing up, like too. basketball, football. I did football up until like freshman year, mm-hmm. and then I was supposed to get moved up. And my mom was like, oh, no, you don't need to play football. You're going to get injured. And so I stopped playing She's football. not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Mom's right. So that's why I stopped playing football. Basketball is like a really big thing in our house. Mm-hmm. Like my older brother's really good at mm-hmm. basketball. And then um my dad was a coach. So oh, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm big into basketball too. Okay, cool. I I played a lot growing up. Organizing and street ball both. Yeah. And I kinda always like to treat more. Okay. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just not as fun. You can't do anything and always get whistle blown on you. And yeah. It's mm-hmm. like what made the NBA kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Everything is a f everything. And if it's not a foul, mm-hmm. someone's playing it up as if it's one, and it's just all over the place. Yeah. Although, the Bulls this year were really fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I actually went to a game, like, because I told you my brother's in the TikTok, so yeah. he got invited to sit, like, in the skybox and all that, so we went to the game, and it was a really cool experience. Oh, nice. Yeah. What, what, who were they playing? Do you remember? Um, 
Do you remember who they was playing that game? Cleveland. Cleveland. It was, because she was like Tristan Thompson's team. And I'm like, <laughs> she nice. knows because of Kim Kardashian. Oh, yeah. okay. Was it a... Was this like when they were doing really well? Like yeah, over the, it was. over the winter. Yeah, they had that peak when they were like in first for a while. Yeah, and then they just something happened after the yeah. All Star break, <laughs> and they just kind of turtled to the playoffs, you know, yeah. barely. Yeah, I mean, it was still fun. I'm glad that it got me through the winter. Got a lot yeah. of my friends and us like, well, it's once the Bulls again. They're like in first yeah. place. They're doing well. The most fun was that New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, mm-hmm. Demar win when he won when he yeah. made both buzzer beaters. <laughs> and it's funny, the second one. Do you yeah. remember that? I think that was actually around the same era that we went to the game. Oh, right. okay, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. yeah. The I think it was New Year's Eve. Yeah, he made the first one, and then the second one we were watching it with my friends, and I was like, "How funny would it be if he just went over?" And made another three to win it, and he did it. And they all looked at me like, wow. I was like, I mean, I just <laughs> I just said, I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. So it's the Bulls your team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. I mean, I grew up here, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls. How can it not be? Had his jerseys growing up. Yeah. I mean, I'm born in 89, so I remember really well the last three championships, yeah. 96, 97, 98, especially the last season. I watched a lot of that at like oh, okay. eight years old. And my dad and brother were really into it too. My brother and I played basketball a lot. Yeah. We used to play all the time. We had this really fun, in 2012 summer, mm-hmm. we had a really fun secret hidden like basketball league. Okay. My friend, I guess I could say this, that doesn't matter. <laughs> he was a custodian at a local school. I guess I won't say the school, but mm-hmm. it was a private school, a Catholic school. Small attendance, you know, small, small student body. And he would let us in uh-huh. on Sunday nights and we'd get four and four or five on five on a full court game. Yeah have like their you know net jerseys we had access to the buzzer oh, and the good. and the clock and the points so someone someone who wasn't playing would keep track of the points and the clocks and everything oh. and we actually had like full teams we'd play like full games on a court wow. with all the 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 you know the points and everything working yeah it was so much fun we did it every sunday and we did it the whole summer and then how we why we stopped was he was there with a different friend, just one-on-one mm-hmm. playing, and no one was around. His boss was came in, and his boss knew both of them. And yep. he was just like, oh, like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we're just playing. He's like, you know, you can't do that. And he's like, oh, sorry. And he's like, what? Got some secret <laughs> men's basketball league here going on? Like, he just said it. <laughs> and my friend was like, oh, no. He, in his head, no. he was like, yeah, we do, but uh, he didn't say it. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, no. And then he told us, like, guys, we can't anymore. Like, oh. <laughs> I don't think they know, but they're probably going to find out. But it was really fun as, yeah. like, an adult to just have private access to a basketball court. Yeah. Only to us. We're the only ones there. Full reign. That seems fun. Access to the shot clock and time. We do, like, 10-minute quarters. It was yeah. so much fun. That seems fun. It was fun. And then, you know, someone got hurt, and we're like, uh, can't really. I don't want to <laughs> sue. I guess we'll just leave. Yeah, it was fun. I, I really miss playing, but I, I hurt yeah. a lot. I hurt my ankles and knees a lot. A lot of okay. rolling and sprained ankles and knees. Yeah. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. What's like, your I'm, favorite position? I was always center. Center? Because okay. I could jump really high. Yeah. I know you wouldn't think it, but <laughs> I, if I kept practicing and trying, I'd probably can come close to dunking. Oh, okay. I'm only cool. like 5'10". Yeah. I could jump strangely high. So I was always able to like get in rebound, blocking, uh-huh. layups, really good down low. And also a little aggressive and kind yeah. of a rebel so i didn't have a problem like really boxing people out and digging yeah. digging into them yeah. and but my worst quality was i'm not very competitive like i don't care uh-huh. if i win or lose i just want to have fun yeah so 
whenever we'd lose, the coach would get mad because I'm just like smiling, having fun. Like, oh, I don't care. I scored 10 points. I had a couple of rebounds. It was right. fun. Mm-hmm. And like everyone around me would be so upset that we lost. And I was like, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. It's a game. We're not yeah. going to go to the NBA. Like, I'm aware, like, we're not good. Yeah. We're a bunch of like, kids in the suburbs. Like, we're not good. Yeah. So, like, who cares? But they took it so seriously. Yeah. And I think that's where I've been bad with sports. I could oh, okay. never, once I saw what it took to be a professional athlete, even at a young age yeah. at like 15, I was like, well, that's not us. Right. So, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to get a free ride to college for this. I'm not going to the NBA. So, why should I? Yeah. I'm going to try, but I'm not going to get upset if I lose. Yeah. I'm not going to not try, but I'm certainly not going to get upset if yeah. I don't win. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. how about you? What, what position? Point guard. Point guard. Point okay. guard. My whole career. You shoot yeah. well then? Yeah. Nice. Pretty good. I'm a really good passer. Okay. Really good passer, really good defense. Yeah. So are your ankles and knees okay then? Yeah. Nah, that's well, probably why. <laughs> my knees now aren't so good yeah. but back then yeah right yeah it's this i feel like people who go to the drive a lot yeah have the worst knees and ankles and i yeah. did that a lot because i was mm-hmm. able to again i was fast and could jump high so i would drive all the time and you yeah. land on someone's shoe you land on someone's ankle <laughs> ankle goes sideways knee goes sideways and yeah. whoever started just shooting like in the in the way steph Curry shoots where it's uh-huh. just you just stick to shooting that's genius because yeah. you don't really get hurt it's hard to get hurt if you're just shooting. I agree. And you can get more points because they're three points. So, yeah. like, it's a win-win if you can hone in on that skill set. And I'm just jealous. I never <laughs> I never got good at it. I never had to shoot. I always was dominate through yeah. people. I could always just jump over and through them. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to do this. It's an easy layup. But then you land and you land and you land and you land. Yeah. You do that for 10, 15, 20 years, and you're like, oh, I'm shot. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. So now I won't do it, and I have some friends that will give me crap. They're like, why don't you play with us? It's like, I just, <laughs> I'm scared. Like, yeah. the last time I played, my knee went sideways, yeah. and it took me, like, six weeks to heal. I was like, wow. I can't do it. I'm not an athlete like that. Like, I, <laughs> I'm not getting paid to do this. Yeah. It doesn't suit me. It doesn't, I don't get any rewards from It's not from the this. same. Yeah. No. i rather exercise in a more safe manner, like yeah. hikes and st- stuff I can control. I can, I can agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So you still play? Um, for fun. For, for fun, yeah. Yeah. Do you have friends that are, like, really good? Yeah. 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 Anybody who could dunk on you? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I've never really played with someone who could dunk, yeah. and I'm glad, because then it's like, if someone can dunk on you, yeah. and you can't, you're screwed. Like, you can't <laughs> stop that. I had, like, a couple people that went, like, um, overseas pro. Oh, wow. Yeah. That I, like, play with, so. Oh, so yeah. you guys are good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would suck next to you. <laughs> I was good relative to where I was from, yeah. but yeah. Good. Whenever I met that person, like, yeah, you played in college. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> He's like 6'5". How tall are you? I'm 5'11". Oh, so yeah. just, yeah, you kind of had to be a punk guard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the friends who played overseas, like 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, once you get to that 6'6 six, six world, it... It's different. It's, it's a different, different ball game. Different ball mm-hmm. game. Literally, they could do anything. Yeah. Dunking from crazy places and stuff. <laughs> Even if they're not dunking, they could just shoot over you. You can't yeah. block them. Nothing you shooting. can do with it. No, yeah. you're screwed. <laughs> um, what? Where were some like the biggest places some of your friends have played? Like, like as far as overseas, like who who did the, who went the furthest? Um, there's a guy um, named Quincy Miller. He actually got to the NBA, played on the Denver Nuggets for a season, and then he played overseas now. So I believe he's in the Australian league now. Oh wow! Yeah, and then I had another friend named um, Jordan. He's playing overseas now. He played in the first G name league. Michael. No, Johnson. <laughs> I'm kidding. Johnson. <laughs> but he played in the G League, in the NBA G League, and now he's overseas. So, oh wow! Yeah. And he's your friends? Yeah. Wow. It was it wild to like 
watch an NBA game and your friends on the team? It was. Did he did he start? Or he was just he would go in sub in and stuff. He actually subbed in. Nice. It was like his rookie season. Wow. Yeah. Still. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, there's what like 500 people in the NBA. Right. Mm-hmm. Out of eight billion on this planet. Yeah. So if you're in the NBA, it's like you're an exceptional. <laughs> like you are the top athletes in the yeah. world. Wow. That's cool. And yeah. and then they just. So I I never understood that. Mm-hmm. When people go to like Asia or Europe to play, they get paid and they they, yes. they just live there and yeah. they just play. Is it it's like enough to live type of job? It's nothing like the NBA. Nothing like the NBA, but it's enough to like sustain yourself and have a house oh, and a yeah, life. well off life. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do they make those guys? Like, I always wonder. Like, you know, I don't know their no actual idea. numbers, but I mean, living looks nice. Yeah, so a couple situation. hundred thousand if yeah, you're good, right? Definitely. So like a, like a doctor's salary. Yeah. Okay, it's not mm-hmm. bad. I always wonder, like, when those guys like play overseas, I'm like, what are they? Yeah. What is? I don't know anything about the overseas sports. Yeah. You know. I know there's different leagues that's like bigger than others. So I know uh-huh. like Australian leagues is like the Australian Basketball Association is like probably like the next after the NBA. Australian? Yeah. Like in Australia? Oh. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, NBA is a whole nother level. Yeah. I, isn't there a base salary, like, almost like a million dollars or yeah. something? Yeah. Or something, or 500, something really something high. Something like that, Like, if yeah. you are, I always say, I want to be the 15th guy yeah. <laughs> that never goes in, so his body's always in perfect shape, he doesn't ever get hurt, and he's just the greatest, he just That'd claps. be perfect, yeah. You're, you really have to be almost like a cheerleader. Yeah. You're, you're getting up, you're letting people sit down, you're clapping, you're like, yeah, yeah. And you're, in your head, you're like, I just, another 500,000 to sit here all, all year and have... <laughs> Access to the best training, right? At the mm-hmm. you know the Bulls, you know spot, you know weight trainers and physical therapists. And I get access to all. Yeah, you know, I actually mm-hmm. have to play this game. And I'm kidding. I'm sure they want to play because <laughs> if you play, that means you're more likely to keep sustaining yeah. it. But mm-hmm. it's weird. There's those athletes who like like your friend. You go in one yeah. year, then you're out. And then there's those who like you know Kobe Bryant who have 20 years of yeah. success. It's like all over the place. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. who are some of your favorite players? LeBron. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron yeah. guy. You've always liked him. Yeah, I recently liked him a lot more. Yeah, in the late two thousands, he had that like, not gonna lie, that little like whiny attitude. Yeah. You're right. He was always just <laughs> like complaining that, about something. I can agree. Like, dude, you're amazing. Stop yeah. complaining. Mm-hmm. He was always just like like mad or Sometimes, I think just young, yeah. just young, uh, yeah. inexperienced. Yeah. And then as he's gotten older and he's become like a really awesome role yeah. model for kids and just still a phenomenal player. Yeah. Like, didn't he score the most points this year or almost the most yeah. points? I think he's, like, number two right under Kareem, if I'm right. I just meant, yeah. like, average per game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something close to it. But now yeah. I think next year, yeah. towards the end of the season, as long as he's healthy, he will beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Because that, that his points are, mm-hmm. like, 37,000 points. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is great. I mean, once he does that, it's going to be a tough argument with him versus Jordan. Because right now Jordan has, like, the six for <laughs> yep. six. But once you have all-time points, I mean, that's huge. He has, like, all the stats, to be honest. Like, a lot of the stats LeBron is, like, covering. But I do agree Jordan has those six rings that just— He has those six rings, and his stats mm-hmm. in the way he did it— Like, my favorite thing to look at is, I think it's his 1988 season. Yeah. I believe he won, like, all-time scoring. Mm-hmm. He was the all—he's the MVP. Yeah. He was the all-time defense player of the year. Yep. He made both all defense and all star, and he was the all star MVP and the slam dunk competition yep. winner, and had like the most steal. Like it was crazy. <laughs> he had like everything you could have yeah. by himself, mm-hmm. 
and he was like 25. Yeah. Except for a championship, but still. I'm like, what a freak, dude. <laughs> Who's your all-time? Probably Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. <laughs> How could it not be? I mean, <laughs> you grow up here, and it's like who you idolize as a kid. You say his name when you shoot a, when you yeah. shoot anything into anything. I mean, now I say Kobe, but I say yeah. Jordan and Kobe. And then you watch something like The Last Dance, and you're like, yeah. this guy is a maniac. See, He's from- insane. I, I wasn't the biggest Jordan fan. Really? I could, I could like... That's surprising from being from this area. Yeah. I think it was my dad's influence on me. Uh, He's a big Detroit fan. So uh, those two clash. Yeah. Oh, because of Flint, Michigan? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, you would not like Jordan yeah. if you're from Detroit. Yeah. So he liked the bad boy. He liked Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. What does he think of um, Dennis Rodman, who did both? He's He's cordial with it. Yeah, he's like... He says he liked Dennis when he was on... The Detroit. He's very biased. Mm. Anything Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. So Lamir? Yeah. Lambeer? Yep. That guy sucked. Yeah. He's such a dick. <laughs> he was like uh the Grayson Allen of like the eighties. Yeah. You know, Grayson mm-hmm. Allen from Milwaukee. Yeah. When he I uh, I got to meet Alex Caruso and Ben Gordon oh, like, two cool. weeks ago. I went to United Center for this charity event. Oh, that's it was great. I snuck off and I was like <laughs> walking around the empty stadium yeah. by myself. It was really surreal to be wow. like in the empty stadium, just walking on the court. Yeah. The court was there. It was ice. It was weird. It was Is like, it? Because the hockey team plays there too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like empty and I was snooping around. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I love being an adult. You can't get in trouble for anything. <laughs> right. As long as you are well-groomed, dress well, and well-mannered, people don't get mad at you. Yeah, they don't. The worst thing look. they say is like, uh, sir, are you supposed to be like, yeah, I'm supposed to be I'm like, oh, okay. And they go about their day. As a kid or something, yeah. you they'll, what are you doing over here? Get out of here. <laughs> But as an adult, I'm like, oh, I can pull this off. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Just do something with confidence. People, oh, he must be important. He must be here for a reason. Yeah. Right? I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> do you find yourself um, ever, ever like using, this is a complete, no. out of nowhere question, find yourself using like other people's tragedy in your life to express your, your art forms? Yes, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. And very rare occasions I could like channel that into I would say more so my art Mm. more so I would say like music is normally like I wouldn't say it's all my experiences sometimes I write like like I visualize and then I could write like the story for my music but like with art like if I see something that might like hits at the core I might create like a painting based off of that yeah got it got it yeah and how long have you been painting for? Um, since about 14, 15. 14, 15. Taking it serious more so. Do you, do you sell any of your work? Um, I actually want to get into like selling, and but I've been doing it a while just like for myself. Mm, but, mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. You do a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> and do you, I always like wonder this question with uh-huh. people who do athletic things and creative things. Do you, do you find them meeting in any way? Yes, all the time. Like, what are the ways they meet for you? I would say, like, um, music and modeling. Those two go, like, hand in hand. What does? Music and modeling for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would say that it goes hand in hand because, like, on my Instagram, I like to do, like, a lot of, like, model-y type pictures. But I use those pictures to, like, promote my music. Mm -hmm. And then, like, for art, like... I would say that sometimes, like, my music could be that soundtrack when I'm painting sometimes. Because, mm-hmm. like, if I create a new song, I'm going to blast it, like, a hundred million times. 
And like that's like my backing track for like my art sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what about like things physical, like athletics, mm-hmm. like basketball? Okay. In situation, do you find basketball ever finds its way into your creative life? Like, do you think those worlds meet in any way for you? <sighs> I would say not for me. Yeah. I would say they're like two separate worlds, but I actually like that. I feel like basketball is like my escape sometimes. Like when I get overwhelmed with like the artistic side, mm-hmm. I go find like an empty court and put up some shots and clear my mind. Yeah. What do you, I have a my own theory or thoughts yeah. about it because I grew up doing creative things and and um, yeah. in sports, and sometimes I'm like. I think they're a little bit more similar than people give them credit for because yeah. they live in different camps. One lives in like, oh, you must be a jockey bro, like yeah. hard-headed beefhead if you're an athlete. And you <laughs> must be this like weird, introverted, meek, dainty yeah. person if you're an artist. But I'm like, have you watched athletes? Like the strategy, the mm-hmm. creative thought it takes to come up with things, yeah. how to map out and figure out a situation. Even some sports start to get into the world of where like dance and ballerina are. Mm-hmm. Like... Look at a slam dunk competition. Yeah. They're so it's like an artistic expression. Like they're yeah. doing these weird dances in mm-hmm. midair, trying to flaunt some type of like um flashy movement. Yeah. Like it's a improvisation dance or something. Yeah. And you you have to think you have to map out everything. Even the food you eat and the practice you do is like a type of expression for your body and mind. Yeah. So I start as I've gotten older, I used to think they were so separate. And as uh-huh. I've gotten older, I'm like, man. Sports are just a different way to express yourself. I can see that. Right? It's just a very different way. Yeah. And if you keep them separate, they can be, but doing both, like playing guitar and the amount of practice, and this is where the worlds get similar, the practice it takes to to have dexterity and repetition and understanding how to do things. Uh It's the same thing with playing basketball, like getting yeah. better at ball handling. You have to keep doing it, and there's technique to it. I can repetition. see that. Now, maybe there's not... Uh, the traditional form of expression like mm-hmm. melody and, and rhythm, but there is a rhythm actually to, yeah. to a sport. And I think there's a lot more creative like thought processing in, in, in sports yeah. than people give it credit. I think yeah. they just separate them. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, they're kind of married. Like yeah. a lot of expression is married. It, it goes hand in hand. I can see that. Like especially like when you say the practice thing, I would say like those practicing basketball definitely transition into like my practicing lyrics or Absolutely. that time that I will put in like putting up shots compared to like working on lyrics is mm-hmm. definitely like the same thing. They mirror each other. Different. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a good thing you brought up lyrics. Um, you get better at literally just writing a song yeah. the more you do it. Like lyrics, stories, rhyme schemes, patterns, pauses, breaks, all these things are coming more naturally when you keep yes. doing it instead of just being like, I don't get people to write a song. It's like, dude, just keep doing it yep. and they get better. Like if someone told me to write a poem, I'll give you, you know, five minutes to write a poem uh-huh. and then edit it, show me it. I could do that now on the yeah. fly, like nothing. But 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I, I was set there aspiring like, what do I write about? What do I do? <laughs> and you just, that muscle memory of just doing yeah. it and doing it. And that's where you see skill, like raw talent and skill uh-huh. meeting putting in the work, putting in the years, the hours to, like, get something going. It doesn't just come out of thin air. And that's where people, the more you scale up in your career, the more you should get paid because you're not just getting paid for what you did that night. Like, say you play a show and someone gives you a 1000 bucks, and, and, you know, a friend or a family member finds out, like, wow, you had a 1000 bucks to just play for two hours? It's like, I didn't play for two hours. I've been playing for 15 years. (laughs) 
for those two hours so I can make a thousand bucks. That's payback right. mm-hmm. for the 15 years I didn't make anything. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so that's how I feel now. And I finally will get like decent money for a job. I'm like, yeah. man, in my head, we've been sadly like not tricked, but kind of taught by our parents uh-huh. to be like, if you're not like working hard and working, like you, you're not making, if you're not making money like hourly, you're like doing a job or something. Yeah. But it's like, what if, this is just, this money's making up for all the years I worked hard at this. Yeah. And it is a job. And just because it's not a traditional thing where I went in, someone uh-huh. hired me, I have a pay stub, and I get paid from this time to this time, and I'm making money for some other company, just because it's not that doesn't mean this isn't work. Uh-huh. It takes a lot of time to get to that. When you see someone perform in a venue, they're not just working that night. They worked for so many years and countless hours to be able to do that i agree with that even have the stage performance the confidence yeah. a newbie is like nervous and sweating and messing up and slipping and forgetting their lines yeah. and if a seasoned veteran you would never know like they're yeah. perfect and it's like all those years and even the traveling the planning the commute yeah. prepping you know their their work day starts at like 4 p.m and goes uh-huh. till one it doesn't start at eight and get off at four like most people mm-hmm. And it starts at time because that's when everyone else got off work and now they can come see you perform. Yeah. You know, like, do you ever have a weird feeling about it from, like, your family, the way you were raised to, like, what you do now? Yes, I would say, <laughs> especially my mom. My oh, mom's yeah. a very traditional person. Like, she runs, like, hotels and stuff. Mm. So she's, like, she wants that typical, like, work life. Mm-hmm. My dad's more, like, you know, easygoing, like, more free feel. But my mom's, like... She doesn't get the new artistic form, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have they supported you? Yes, they did. They, they did. did. They did. Was it hard at first? Have they always been there? Believe it or not, like, I don't think she took it seriously at first, but they always supported Like, they actually, like, paid for, like, my first studio sessions and stuff. Oh, that's cool. And actually, like, the first time I ever recorded, like, Funny story, like they did my ad libs in my song. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, when you were like, you you go to high school, you go to college or anything like that? Um, I went to like community college okay. for like two years. Yeah. Got it, got it. So when you were doing that, were you telling them like I kind of want to pursue yes. creative endeavors? It's going to be a little bit of this, a little bit of that, probably music. And they were just like, okay, they didn't. I mean, come on, there had to be some pushback. <laughs> it definitely was. Yeah. There was some pushback. Like, when I first went to school, I actually wanted to go to the Art Institute at first. Mm-hmm. That was, like, my first thing because I wanted to go for music at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was like, uh, I don't think you should go for that. I think you should do this instead. And and so, like, that definitely – I did end up listening to her. Mm-hmm. And I went to school for what she said. But then I was like, uh, I don't really too much care for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I went there, the Art Institute of Chicago, for yeah. my master's degree. Oh, cool. It was very, it's very expensive. Yeah. Very, yeah. yeah, if you were wanting to go into music or production, I wouldn't recommend that school. I'd recommend yeah. Columbia okay. for that. The Art Institute's more like sound art. It's yeah. more fine art sound. Okay. Which is very experimental. Yeah. Very different from like production. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it was a very big risk. It, it's definitely yeah. been worth it, but man, that was a shot in the dark. I could <laughs> yeah. see it. I was old. I went at 26. I, uh-huh. I didn't have to listen to my parents. I just oh, did my own good. thing. I wasn't living with them, but they didn't, they were definitely kind of nervous, even though they yeah. didn't have a say. They were like, I don't think you should do that. I'm like, I'm, do it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I've been pretty good at not listening to adults yeah. <laughs> for a while now, <laughs> which has been working out 
I've had to learn the hard way, but yeah. it just comes from a place of like you have a vision. Mm-hmm. No one else can see it. And certainly not people that are 20, 30 years older when yeah. they've lived a life where it's just been revolving around work and like yeah. making money for the man. They resent anybody who does anything differently. Art is not a way to make money. Not at all to and, them. <laughs> no, not to them. And it, but you realize it is. People do it all yeah. the time. It's just, it's harder. It's definitely a harder path, but you right. can mm-hmm. do it. It's totally possible. I know a lot of people who make money or live off their art. Yeah. You know, do you do you do your art full time? Do you do anything else? No, I don't do it full time. Um, I'm a mental health technician okay. outside of this, so yeah. And do you find those connecting at all? <sighs> no, I want to actually. <laughs> I want to like eventually stop doing that full time. Yeah, you know, and then start doing my music and stuff full time. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's. I mean, that's a really admirable job, like a mental health technician. Yeah. I mean, we these are jobs that we need. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. very hard. Oh man, don't even get me started on mental health. <laughs> what are your yeah. what are your what would you knowing what you know, how long you've been in that field? Um eight years. Okay, so yeah. you know a lot then. What are some things that the government can do to help that situation? Um I actually worked at a state ran facility for a while. Oh boy. Yeah, so you so, saw some things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's hard. Yeah. I've had some friends work at those types of stuff, those types of facilities. And I've had friends have to be admitted to those types of facilities. And it's like, it's terrible. It is. It's like, there's no funding. Yeah. Like mental health and the arts, for some reason. Yep. Our government has just been like, nah, we'll (laughs) focus on like other nonsense that actually isn't going to help society. Like, man, first of all, mental health is like the foundation. Yeah. (laughs) People need to be sane. And healthy to like make society and economics work, right? Mm -hmm. And then art needs to have funding because it is the other half of the economy and society. Everybody uses art, everybody, in some way, shape, or form. Even someone who's the most white collar, broish guy ever that you would never think he he listens to music, doesn't he? He goes to a concert, listens to podcasts, watch movies, Mm -hmm. might have a painting hanging in his house. It doesn't matter. He wears clothes, right? He eats food, culinary arts, fashion. Uh, he drives a car, right? That yep. car was designed by an artist and an engineer. They combined. Yeah. Like science and art combines everywhere and yeah. everything we do. And to just write it off is like, no, we don't have to focus on the arts. It, it's something that I want to do something about yeah. with what I do. It drives me crazy. Yeah. And it's really sad. And everyone in my world will have these same complaints, but we're not doing anything about it. Yeah. You know, like what... Like, I'm not sure if you want to talk about that, oh, yeah, your job yeah. or what you do. Like, yeah. it's, it's got to be hard. You probably see some really difficult things. Yeah, I have. Right? Yeah. It's definitely, I would say that it's a joyous job, though. Really? Yeah. It, um, once you get used to it, you realize that you're bringing, like, a lot of happiness to people. Mm. And that's where, like, the joy comes in. Yeah. Mm. And by used to it, you mean, like, numb to the chaos? Yeah. 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 <laughs> see, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah. to just be like, well, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. mental health. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is. And do you, um, so you just, what do you do there exactly? Um, there, like, I look over patients. I take them to see, like, psychiatrists and doctors. Um, help them, like, with their everyday living. Make oh, sure, okay. yeah. Okay. So, for the most part, it goes smoothly, but then yeah. sometimes... Something crazy goes down. Yeah, like a, a snap. Right. Things could change, yeah. Yes, yes. Wow. Do you find yourself making art based on those experiences or at all? 
Um, or do you just keep them completely separate as much as you keep, can? Keep them separate, yeah. So sports, Dang. job, art, all separate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm like Batman at work, like, you know? Like, no one would ever know. No, no nobody Superman. would know. Like yeah, Superman. Superman, yeah. There you mm-hmm. go. Interesting. See, I, I have, I'm in a weird position where I, everything bleeds. Oh, okay, cool. Which is mm-hmm. good and bad because yeah. then you get no separation, but they all bleed. Yeah. The, the podcast, recording bands, filming, going on location to film the yeah. fest, being in bands, um, putting on events. It's weird. It's all based around like art, music, yeah. and like conversations and, and other artists, you know? Okay. And even the, like now that like, it's a hobby, and this right now is like a hobby for me. Yeah. And playing in bands is a hobby, yet it's in this studio where like tomorrow I have a band coming to record. Like it doesn't, yeah. it's all, <laughs> it's where I live. It like doesn't yeah. leave. So I don't, I have such a weird, experience now in life like it's just got and it's just been blurring for like seven years now and then when i do teach Uh during the school year i teach all these things that i'm talking about when i do like it doesn't leave i even teach what i do there and then what i teach i actually do here like nothing leaves that bubble of like the art music production event world i can understand that which is weird it's like i like it but i never get a break from it it's just always there so, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to teach myself how to, like, separate. And, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. So when I hear, like, yeah, okay, I work, I do my activities, like, sports, and then yep. I do my art, I'm like, I get a little jealous. <laughs> like, it sounds nice to just, like, separate. It's crazy because I get jealous here. <laughs> like <laughs> The grass is always greener, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I get jealous to a certain extent, but I'm grateful every day when, yeah. like, right now, 99% of my friends are at work. Yeah. And I'm just, like, hanging out with you talking <laughs> about these things, yeah. you know? Like, did you have work today? Did you take off work for this? Um, I actually, I'm on vacation right oh, now. Oh, so, yeah. see, this is what you do in your vacation. Time. Yeah. This is just life, <laughs> you know? And, yeah, I'm, I'm not fully, like, truly jealous of people yeah. that do that. I just, I always wonder, like, man, what is it like to, like, separate things? Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. why when I do move to the city, I, I am excited to, like, apartment. Yeah. Studio. Fast, like they're separate. Yeah. But still doing them for life, but separating them. Yeah. That's going to be nice. Yeah. Although not having a commute to work <laughs> is great when someone's like, yeah, I'll be in at 11 to record. Like, okay, I'll just come down okay. the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Give me 30 minutes. I'll be down. All right. Oh, yeah, right. It's it's very convenient. Yeah. Um, but I'm grateful. I'm very yeah. thankful for It's been a lot of work, but I'm thankful yeah. for it. It's been really fun and weird. And you meet people like yeah. yourself, you know? Yeah. And and even having people reach out on the internet like uh-huh. you did that you don't know yeah. it's still it's like an honor like oh yeah. someone's interested in what mm-hmm. you do like that means a lot so yeah. thank you I You're appreciate welcome. it. Um, is there anything else you would like to talk about or promote? I mean, so I did remember that show. Yes, it's at um, Subterrain. Oh, Subterranean. Yeah. yeah, nice. Is it upstairs or downstairs? That I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> upstairs is like a bigger stage. Downstairs yeah. is smaller. Oh, okay. I played both. They're both cool. Cool. But upstairs is more like the venue venue. Okay. Downstairs is smaller. More smaller event. Yeah. Okay. Might hold 150 people downstairs. Upstairs might be like okay. 300. Cool. Something like that. Yeah. It's a cool spot though. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. I'll, after this, maybe later on, sometime soon, I'll send you a list of a ton of venues cool. to check out. Yeah. I have like every venue and email written down in this. Oh, cool. That cool. I just have been building over years. Yeah. And I send it to people. I'm like, you should just reach out. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't have a d- direct connection to the booking agents, right. but if I give you the email and the spot, I definitely you would can appreciate you know, that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are your experiences right now on the other side? 
on in this experience right now. It was an amazing experience. Yeah, <laughs> an amazing experience. We touched like all type of topics. Fun, Good. definitely fun. And Good. this was my first time, so right, your first yeah. podcast, right? I've done yeah. hundreds. I'm <laughs> pro like, at it. Pro at it. <laughs> I mean, I I've definitely learned how to just talk. Yeah, you know, people are just people. Yeah, famous or not, doesn't matter. Creed, religion, financial yeah. background, man, woman, black, white. Yeah. I don't. It, people are just people, man. Yeah. Just want to be happy. I agree. You want to live. I agree. You want to see your loved one succeed. You don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be, you know, fruitful in what you do and enjoy things. And yeah. Once you realize that, I don't know why other people don't know this. When yeah. you when you hear about an old person or someone who truly is like sexist or racist or doesn't yeah. like someone because they're Muslim, you're like, so sad. Like yeah. you're just you're mm-hmm. stifling life. Yeah. You have no idea how rich this life could be if you just open up. Yeah. And those are. S- such minor things in life to like dislike a person about. Yeah. Like I, I can't really get it, but I don't yeah. get it. I've never understood it. Like, yeah, I never understood any of those things. And then once I learned where it came from in college, like the history, yeah, of racism, of sexism, of different religious xenophobia, yeah, religions. I'm like, wait, it's so simple. Like, <laughs> like we're just well. First of all, we're only the skin color because of the. Where we were angled to the yeah. sun, geographical placement. Yeah. For like a couple hundred years, a couple thousand. It's yeah. like not crazy. Yeah. It makes mm-hmm. perfect sense, scientifically speaking. Mm-hmm. And then the religions, same thing. Why is it in that location? Well, we're only Christian because of this, this, and that. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, half European, half Mexican. Of yeah. course I'm Christian. Right. Like, you know how Christianity <laughs> even got to those places. Yeah. Like it's so obvious, but I guess that's when you learn, when yeah. you educate, when you're open. Yeah. You know, you don't even have to go to college to know these things. If you just open up your head yeah. and your mind and you listen and you talk and you realize like, oh, it's not as comp I mean, things are complicated, but when you lay it out, like it's not that complicated. Yeah. Like how we got to who we are. And it's just sad when people don't realize that. Yeah. I you know. Agree. I'm going to tell you, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Have you... Have you noticed, like, a change from when you were a kid to now with society and how they're treating race? Yes. Yeah. I would say it's more out in the open. Okay. More. And I, I noticed that there's more coverage on it. Mm. You know, like I would say as a child, like, you would see the things, but, like, it wasn't really talked about. I would even say, like, within, like, the black community mm-hmm. sometimes there was things that, like, weren't talked about, like you would see, but you wouldn't really speak on it. Can you, can you give like an example? Like the police thing sometimes, okay. you know, like we knew of that, but it wasn't really like discussed. It just got normalized. Yeah, yeah it got like, normalized. Yeah, yeah. Cops around, everyone like be as cool as a cucumber because right. mm-hmm. God only knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Like I remember one time I got stopped for like my tents and the cop was like, oh, your tents are almost illegal. And I was like, so they're legal. And he, He's like, yeah, but they're almost illegal. I was like, so am I good to go? And he's like, yeah, you're good to go. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like getting drunk the day of your birthday. Yeah, and they're like, well, you were almost illegally drinking. You're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, the law has defined lines for a reason. You can't yeah. almost be anything. Like right. you either mm-hmm. are or you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you were twenty. And 364 days, and you're one day away yeah. from being 21, You and you got drunk, you'd be like, oh, sorry, I got to give you a ticket. You're almost legal. Right. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the way you word it. Yeah, that, it's just petty stuff like that. Yeah. 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 <sighs> it's a complicated one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have a lot of 
hard exp- any experiences like that with police? I would say yes. Like I had a, like a lot of like small nitpicky type stuff. Nothing major, but like nitpicky. Like right. I remember one time I got stopped like for speeding, and he pulled me over and was like, "I need to check your whole entire car." And I'm like, "Okay, go ahead," you know. And so like he was acting as if like I did something wrong. It was only I was maybe spend, speeding like. 10 miles over the speed limit. Yeah, normal stuff. Normal stuff. And he, like, checked the whole entire car as if, like, I had, like, guns and drugs in the car. He found nothing, but, yeah. Did he feel stupid? Yeah, he did. (laughs) And I, (laughs) like, people was like, oh, you shouldn't have never let him check because he could have, like, planted something. But in my mind, I was like, oh, I wanted to let him check so that way he He can feel feel stupid. stupid. And not just feel stupid, but Mm -hmm. maybe slowly realize, like, Oh, not everybody. Right, right. That is a certain color mm-hmm. is bad. Like yeah. I you can help someone like if they're sm- hopefully smart enough to self-analyze and educate themselves to yeah. experience like oh, I'm making mistakes by doing this. Yeah. I should probably stop doing this. And you might like I don't yeah. know. I mean, I I used to look really wild when I was a teenager. Uh-huh. I had my beard was really long and out of control. Hair really long. I used to yeah. wear like really wild clothes. But I always had a really clean car inside and okay. out. So I'd, I'd get pulled over a lot because I speed a lot. And <laughs> they would do the same thing. And yeah. be like, Because I, I just looked like a degenerate teenager, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And be like, we need to search your car. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Here I'd, we go again. And I'd be like, all right, fine, go ahead. I'd laugh, like, go right ahead. And they yeah. would find, they couldn't even find a crumb. Yeah. Like, I would really have a, an immaculate car. <laughs> and they would just look at me like, I looked like I just had 10 pounds of weed. Yeah. Hidden <laughs> in, like, my, my spare tires. And I had yep. nothing. And they are just like, all right, I guess you're free to go. And they'd, you know, they'd do a backhanded thing. Like, yeah. well. <laughs> You know, next time, like, what next time what? <laughs> I don't travel with drugs. I don't even right. do drugs right at that right. time I didn't. And I'm like, I don't use knives. I don't have weapons. I yeah. don't fight. Like, you have nothing. But because yeah. I look kind of like a degenerate <laughs> at <laughs> the time, gonna you. you're going to, like, try to find me on something. And yeah. and how I know this is true, and you probably experienced yeah. experience this, every woman I know, man, they get away every time. <laughs> they cry. They look extra cute. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. That's... I've seen a situation. I've seen a situation. I didn't know. Just crying. Like, what? (laughs) Of course you knew. The speed limit says 35, and you're going 55. I think you know math. You knew. (laughs) You're lying, but they don't want to give a screaming, crying person a ticket. (laughs) I've seen a situation where me and her was in the car, and the cop stopped her. I forgot for what reason, but he came up to the car, and she was like, I think he said she was speeding or something. And she's like, no, I'm not speeding. Like, And then he's like, look. I'm not giving you a ticket. You're fine. Just relax. I'm just, just. Was it like this? Was she like? No. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as he walked away, she starts mumbling. Yeah, yeah. I got him again. That's the twentieth time I got away with a ticket. Yep. I know. I can't sit there hyperventilate. Like I just, I just go like, yeah, I was going eighty and then fifty-five. Here's my driver. And there, when you do give full transparency, yeah. You might still get a ticket, but it, they won't give you the worst ticket. Yeah. They might be like, all right, I'll give you, like, the lowest one. Yeah. Like, go to safety traffic school, and it'll be off your record. I'm like, <laughs> fine. Or, as of lately, I've gotten warnings, and I never got those before. Yeah. Like, the last four, I've been, I've been pulled yeah. over so many times. Like, <laughs> 20 times, probably. Maybe more. Yeah. And the last, like, four times, they just gave me warnings. I was like, am I Locked getting up. older? Or am I, do I have, like, a nicer, like, what's <laughs> happening? And I realized, I have shorter haircut. Yeah, I trim my beard. I have nicer glasses. I wear nicer clothes. I tuck my shirt in. Yep. I have a more modern car that's clean, not yeah. an old, like a 1990, 1990 Oldsmobile, but yeah. a 2015 Honda Civic. Yeah. 
And I'm like, man, just all these little things. I'm same person. Yeah. Same laws I'm breaking. But because I look and act and, and hold myself up differently, yeah, they just like let you go. That's 100% true. Because my like, last car was like, I had it like a Batmobile. So it was like <laughs> blacked out with the black rims, yeah. the black tint. And I would always get stopped in that car. Now, my current car is like a more typical vehicle, and I never get stopped in it. Like, yeah. Yeah, the car mm-hmm. you drove here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the way it, it's so many things, and I hate it because it, it can inhibit you from being yourself. Yeah. But our parents were kind of right about something. They'd always kind of prep you as a kid, like, yeah. you know, stand upright and, and dress, yeah. like, cut your hair, and when are you going to shave, and don't get tattoos, you know, near where people <laughs> can see it. And yep. You, I mean, I personally don't care if people do any of this yeah. stuff. I'm not a good person talking about this. I'm like, do what you want. <laughs> I have two rules. Like, don't hurt anybody. Yep. And like, I guess that's one rule. Don't hurt anybody. <laughs> do whatever <laughs> right. else you want. I don't care. But it's true the way society looks at it. Yeah. If you change all those things, but you're the same person, same yep. mentality, mm-hmm. you just get away with stuff. Yeah. It's why some of the most vicious and ruthless people hide in plain sight. Yeah killers certain politicians people in high powered positions because they have a nice you know $1,500 suit they drive a Mercedes Benz they have money in the bank so therefore they must be okay it's like no some of these people are awful how they get that money who have they been exploiting at their company true and they hide in plain sight and no one does anything about it and but then you get someone who grew up low income, can't afford good clothes, can't afford yeah. a nice car, and they get crapped on time and time again. And they could be the nicest people. And yeah. I, they could be just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. And the whole problem with racism <laughs> in this country. I don't have to explain. <laughs> yeah. But it, it comes from those things. It's like I was just reading this book today. Uh, I just finished it called Corruptible Who Gets Power mm-hmm. and How They Hold It or something like that. It's mm-hmm. a subtext. Great book, super depressing. I've been trying to read a lot of books like that to learn more. Yeah. Going into the world I'm going in, I want to be a better person, better leader, uh-huh. more understanding. And I'm reading it, and uh, apparently white-collar crime has been responsible for up to, I believe they said, around $300 billion mm. in damage a year. Wow. And petty crime, like street crime, burglaries, robberies, uh, arson, theft, $17 yeah. billion. Wow. So- the petty crime that the news, society, and everyone focuses on and get mad about, uh-huh. 17 billion, which is a lot. Yeah. But nothing compared to 300 billion. <laughs> which, I mean, that's crazy. If my math's correct, that's like, what, 25 times t- yeah. you know, more? You know, like, that's insane. Yeah, it is. Not, not 25, maybe like 20 times more. It's a lot. It's bad. Yeah. So it, it, it's the scope of things, it's the lenses we put on because. Yeah. People have money and nice cars and they live in a high rise. We go like, we all know like, yeah, they're up to some shady stuff. We're like, ah, oh, whatever. Like they're, yeah. they're upstanding. They pay their taxes even though mm-hmm. they avoid paying their taxes a lot. But then people who are just trying to get by and live a very hard life just get destroyed yeah. by, by the government, by society, by police, by everything. And I'm I like, agree. It's, cr- it's just so bizarre. Yeah. It's so bizarre. And I don't get it. I don't even, I'm trying to do something about it, but I, I don't understand how people don't see this. It's yeah. so obvious. <laughs> it is. You know? It is. What do you think? What should we do? What are, what are thoughts? I think it's kind of hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't yeah. have an answer for that. <laughs> like, like you said, some of the most shadiest people like hide within those yeah. big corporations. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, is we need those big corporations to survive. So I it's kind of like. It's a catch-22. Yeah. It's an enigma. It's like. Yeah. Yeah, we need so in order for people to hear this conversation right now, we need Spotify. Yeah. And Apple. 
yep. and YouTube and Google and Pandora and Amazon. Right. We need the big, you know, five tech companies in order for people to hear this yeah. as we talk crap about those companes and yeah. it's like ah it is a catch 22 <laughs> it definitely starts somewhere it starts slow i think it starts from people yeah it starts from a mindset you get people to think about it enough yeah. talking about it that, that group gets bigger bigger yeah eventually our kids or our friends get into those positions yeah. or they're the politician or a policymaker or a boss or an alderman uh-huh and it starts to shift there but yeah i think just talking about it is actually where it starts yeah I if you don't talk about it, it just stays in your head, and then the world doesn't know, and yeah. then it stops. You die with it. It, you, yeah. it dies with you. Yeah. So having conversations, that's where I think podcasts thrive. Um, yeah. Putting art out there more and promoting it. It's what I like to do. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a win win. I promote you. You promote me. Yeah. It's like we. It's symbiotic. We grow together. Yeah. And that's what I really like about the art community. Yeah. Although it can get cutthroat. <laughs> right. I agree. Have you dealt with some cutthroat stuff? I know you. Know. <sighs> I would say not so much, <laughs> but I have seen it done around me. Okay. Yeah. You're not, yeah, you're aware of it. Yeah. Well, you're lucky if it hasn't happened to you. Yeah. I mean, you do enough for long enough, stuff's going to happen. Yeah. You can't avoid it, but it's about perspective and the mindset. You know, say you do a thousand things and three of them go horribly wrong. It's like you still got a 99 point, you know, 7% on it. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not the worst. True. Grade to get. It's just you can't help but focus on the the few bad things. Yeah. Because it turns out if you're trying to do really good things and some bad thing happens, those yeah. bad things are really bad. I agree. You know, when there's like some falling out with people and stuff, it's like catastrophic. You're like, yeah. And you can't help but think about it. Because if you're just trying to be a good person, an artist, and something goes wrong, it's because something really went wrong. Yeah. It's not like a mediocre middle ground of like, uh, oh, they just don't like me. Like, no, like. <laughs> This person is doing this, or they're stalking me, or yeah. they hate me, they're talking bad about me on blogs, like things like that. Yeah. You know? I agree. But it just comes with it. Yeah. The more people know about you, the more people know about you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's some nasty byproducts of being popular, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> that ever happened to you? Anybody talk crap about you, you find out, and you're like, oh, no. I would say, like, because I'm very chilled. Yeah. So, like, most of the people that I come across are normally good people. Yeah. Because, like, I kind of fill them out before, like, uh, I yeah. meet them. So I'm like, okay. Like, for instance, like, I seen that you were, like, a really cool guy. So I'm like, oh, he's cool. Like, you know, <laughs> like, I don't mind doing a, a nice little sit-down podcast. Like, or, like, let's say, like, my engineer. Really cool guy. Like, don't mind, like, sitting up with him and recording music. So I really don't have those awkward meetings too much mm-hmm. because, like, I'm, like, very particular, like, who I'm. Wit. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. I try to do that, but man, you never know. Yeah. It's hard. I, I have mm-hmm. enough content out there where someone could probably vet me very easily. Yeah. You could just Google it and find a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You can even look at like my job at the university. There's things yeah. that you can find out about me. So it's easier. Yeah. But when it's somebody I don't, and I'm like, well, luckily, Give it a chance. I'm used to just meeting random people every day. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever. I don't. True, because like I, from your perspective, I could have came here and been like a jerk or something, yeah. you know? I'm like, well, I guess this is going to be an interesting <laughs> podcast. I'll find a way to have fun with anything yeah. when it comes to a conversation, mm-hmm. a podcast, a client, a date. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like you're just a person. If it, yeah. Even if we end up never talking again, not you in this situation, but yeah. in that situation, mm-hmm. like whatever. <laughs> For the hour or two or three we're together, I'm going to try to learn. Right. Try mm-hmm. to educate you. You educate me. Yeah. Let's have fun. You might end up not enjoying each other at all. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, you still can. If you yeah. really open up and you listen to a person, you can enjoy somebody. Yeah. You know? I agree. Cool. I agree. So anything else you want to promote, Aspen? 
Um, my new EP, Pastel Dreams. Nice. Yeah. Did that come out already? It's actually coming out June. Perfect. Do you know what date in June? I kind of was like surprising a little oh, okay. bit. I got a couple little surprises in the so works. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, this will be out probably in two weeks. So it yeah. Might, it might be around the same time. Yeah. So new EP of a date. So was it September 10th? Yes. Subterranean Chicago. Yes. Anything else? Um, those are my main things where, right where now. Where can people find you? So people can find me on all of the streaming services. I'm on every single Everything. one. Everything. Yeah. Instagram. What would you be on Instagram? What's your handle? Um, it's Aspen underscore Noah. Noah. Yeah. And then Facebook? Similar thing? Um, Not on Facebook. Not, not on, on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. I, I kind of got to like go back to Facebook, but I am on like TikTok and Instagram. What's your TikTok? Um, the same thing. Aspen underscore Noah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well... Aspen, mm-hmm. I had a really good time talking with you. Same. Thank you for coming out here and sharing your story and everything you do. Yeah. I, I appreciate your art and thank what you, you do for a living. It's We need people yeah. that do what you do, so thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. And uh, take care and, and best of luck with all your creative endeavors. You as well. All right.